0: Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? enter. Just you had to enter. That was, um, well, that, was, was,
1: oh, was that, that was my doing. Oh, That was my doing. You're uh, sick. They, That's had, they were like, "Well, we can get this. We should get this ordinance up and running sometime in April." And I said, "Well, there's no better date than 4:20. Mm-hmm. So, so that so recreational adult use shops can start." Petitioning uh, to open in Cambridge on April twentieth. It's gonna be
0: huge, man. Everyone yeah. smokes, you know.
1: And it's you know it, it's I mean, that that ship has sailed a long time ago. Um, do you smoke? Quick question, honestly. That ship has sailed a long time <laughs> wow. ago. Wow. Um, uh, again, it's legal, man. It is legal, and you know, trust me, when you turn fifty, you can't do what you used to do. Uh, well, I don't know, man. I don't I don't bounce back the way I used to. So, uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Mayor Mark McGovern from Cambridge, and this was my golden hour. No, this is, is and then that we, was. Well, can't. What does it matter which way I do it. Water, earth, fire, air. Long ago, the four deer nations lived
0: together in harmony. Then everything changed when the fire deer attacked. Only Derek master of all four elements could stop
1: those boys but when boston needed him most he vanished into the enchanted golden deer forest
0: season four live audio wise there will be a couple instances when we're running where i might ask adam to just go check on the camera just to make sure it's straight i have this insane paranoia that the camera is going to break down but adam's got me so before we start in to introduce my introduce the guests i like to have everyone in the room come up and say hey adam you first look at that adam's nervous and we got the guy who made it happen. Okay.
1: Gonna hear me, my name is Luis. Salute. Hello from, from
0: the Somerville side of things. Shout out to oh. Cambridge. Oh, oh, you're from Somerville? No, but we're in Somerville. Oh, okay. Right now. Great. All right. Did I expose that? No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we're at More Phoenix Down <laughs> recording.
1: A hidden location? A hidden location.
0: <laughs> and, and to my right, we have our, our first politician on the show, a big neighborhood guy, Mayor McGovern, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks. Um for everyone watching, can you just give a little synopsis about who you are and what you do and then we can start to talk about kind of what we want to get into? Sure.
1: So um I am currently the mayor of the city of Cambridge. Let's go. Uh I've been serving on the city council for uh this so my sixth year. Prior to that I served eight years on the Cambridge School Committee. I'm a social worker and I've worked for over twenty five years with Uh, children and families that have experienced some form of trauma, whether that's homelessness, substance abuse, DCF care, um, special needs, what have you. Uh, I grew up in Cambridge. I went to the Cambridge Public Schools, graduated from Cambridge in Latin. Uh, I won't tell you what year. Um, Uh, I'm going (laughs) to guess you're a smooth 45. Oh nice. I'm just turned 50. So let's I'll take go, I'll go. take that. I'll take that. Thank you. You know how to uh happy 50, You know how man. to make your guests uh Oh yeah, happy. I'm a schmoozer You are. You should be a politician. Um my father is. So. <laughs> and uh I have uh four kids and um you know that's 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 basically, uh I, I basically gotta, what I do all the time.
0: I got to be honest with you. I've I've heard the
1: spiel probably like a hundred times because I watched every single one of your interviews <laughs> yeah, before. Well, you know, the history is what you it probably is, get so tired so of so saying it, it's, it right? It's, it's uh, you know, it's funny when you when I go to to speak somewhere, you know, they do the whole bio thing, and, mm-hmm. you know, and and I just it's like I don't know if it's my eulogy or an introduction, you oh, know. It sounds so. depressing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one thing I didn't pick up on is, did you go to college? I did. So I went to uh I started off at UMass Amherst. The zoo. Uh did about a year uh there, year and a half, took some time off. I was actually um a corporate trainer for the Hard Rock Cafe. Whoa. Uh in their kitchen. So in my early twenties I opened the Boston restaurant.
0: The one at Faneuil. Uh
1: well it was over on um in the back bay at okay, the time. Great. It moved. Uh so I opened Boston, I opened DC, Orlando, Atlanta. Um, And I did that for a few years and then went back to school at UMass Boston, graduated in uh, 94, uh, started working in social work, and then went back to Simmons for my master's in social work.
0: So you've never really left the area, Uh, except except for that one year in Amherst?
1: That's about as far as it's been, yeah. Well, that's a different type of Massachusetts out there. It is. is. Was it the zoo back then, too? Oh, yeah. It it was always Uh, wild? uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Too much? Yeah, yeah. It was, you know coaches being thrown out of the powers <laughs> and you know yeah it's why it's just traditionally wild i've
0: had their their big weekends like the blarney blowout have you heard of that mm-hmm. i'm sure you mm-hmm. know all of the, the massachusetts mm-hmm. stuff going on um so interestingly enough i think this is the first thing i want to well one thing for this entire podcast what i want to go over is i want to make sure i can simplify the role of what you do and kind of how people our age can be incentivized to vote sure. i think i said that in the email right Luis? Yeah, I mean, I was slaving over that email, so I gotta make sure this is perfect, man. Gotta get no, the mayor up no, here. <laughs> no, no stress, no, no worries. Um, just because I think a lot of people our age don't necessarily understand one how to get involved, yeah. why to get involved, and kind of what you can execute on what as the mayor you have leverage to do in the city. Yeah. And another thing is, I think that people run when they run interviews with politicians like there's there's this combative nature i have no interest in doing that i just want to learn all right i'm a good guy man yeah, you, I promise seem, you seem
1: like a good guy uh, you got
0: cambridge roots so you're all right yeah so shout out to my dad he's proud of me for once <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm sure it's not just once hey well this is the only time he said he's proud of me but hey dad thank you man <laughs> uh, so yeah so my dad is is third second generation cambridge okay i'm technically third he's from the mount auburn neighborhood yeah which is i believe kind of like a forgotten neighborhood in cambridge would you concur uh, n- n- not economic not economically i mean like it seems so separated from everything right, else that's right, going on right
1: um yes and no i mean it, in in some ways you're right i mean it doesn't it it feels more suburban um actually um my father my parents divorced um i grew up in central square and i'm a fourth generation cantabrigian and in fact we're living in the same house um, purchased by my great grandfather a hundred years ago. Wow! Uh, but my dad moved to Fresh Pond Parkway, so I, I was kind of central. You know, yeah. I was on both sides of the tracks growing up, mm-hmm. right? And so certainly that you know the Mount Auburn area, the Fresh Pond area, but you know parts of most of West Cambridge um, feel more suburban, mm-hmm. you know, than than urban in terms of Central Square and, and East Cambridge and what have you. Um, but I wouldn't say that they're forgotten because, you know, this is one thing in politics and this is why it's important for young people to get involved and all people to get involved is that sometimes um, the people who have the most resources, whether that be financial, educa- mm-hmm. academic, um, time, uh, are the people who have more influence in decision making for sure so there was a study that just came out of bu that showed and they looked at cambridge and i forget the exact percentage but they showed that basically you know i mean it was in like the 80 percent of the people who come to city council meetings and other types of committee meetings are you know middle to upper middle class white retired for people. sure so in that sense they're not forgotten because they're always there yeah um, but, but it is but, a different feel
0: but they're at least busy yeah, realistically, I'm yeah. sure.
1: So it's 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 good to get. You know, it's harder. It's harder. You know, you, you asked about young people getting involved. I mean, it's it's tough when, you know, when you're in school and or you're working or you're a young family. You know, we just had a meeting uh, last night of the housing committee to talk about this affordable housing overlay, which I know we'll get to. Um, you know, the meeting went from uh, six to nine. Um, it was supposed to go from six to eight. It went overtime. Um, and if you're, you know, if you're a young parent or, or you're a young person that, you know, has two jobs or, you know, has class in the morning, I mean, you're going to come and sit through a, you know, a three hour meeting. Yeah. Um. So the people who tend to do that are people who have the the privilege of time or people who really care or people who really care. Um. And so yeah, and, you know, and I, I think the people who do come out do really care. But it is. It's, some, it's more difficult on some demographics than it is on others. For
0: sure. I, I think more than anything, it's just
1: the mayor is obviously a coveted position.
0: That's fire. Congrats on yeah, thank securing you. it. Did, did you grow up wanting to, to be mayor?
1: Um, it was definitely in the back I, of your head, right? Well, my mother worked for Mayor Duhay, who's from the Mount Auburn area. Great. And uh, When was his term? Oh, he had a couple, but it was late 70s, 80s, early you know, 1980s, somewhere in there um but my mother always worked in city hall and and uh, for the school department so as the youngest it's, it's of in three DNA. yeah i mean as the youngest of three it was either leave me home and have me get beat up by my brothers or drag me to every meeting that she went mm-hmm. to so i spent a lot of time in city hall and and uh you know going to meetings it's and it's fate it just, man it was yeah, fate yeah and there's uh, you know pictures of me at you know 7 or 8 years old mm-hmm. in the mayor's office and now it's my office so it's pretty cool let's go
0: that, that's your dreams coming true, man. It's, it, it, it,
1: it, it it yes, it is actually. <laughs> so,
0: so, what what's very interesting to me is how politicians rise. Like I love the political hustle. I think another thing I want want you to talk about at some point is like how to effectively market a, a local campaign because I'm sure mm-hmm. it's all hand to hand. But did you know taking the steps from going to school committee then to city council and then well social work first, correct? Yes. Did you know that would be an effective route to to becoming mayor,
1: um, well, you know, wanting to be mayor was all you know was always in the back of my mm-hmm. mind that it would be great, but it wasn't. When I ran for school committee, I, I it, it wasn't as a stepping stone to eventually run. I, I mm-hmm. kind of obviously left all options open, but at the time, the Cambridge Public Schools had gone through a major uh, consolidation where they closed a number of schools, they merged a lot of schools. It was a really horrible process. W- was that
0: when the um is it was it the Agassiz turned into the Tobin? Ag, no,
1: um Agassi went well Agassiz became Baldwin. Baldwin. Agassiz Agassiz was fine. Um but what they did is the um the Peabody moved out of their building into the Fitzgerald building. Um the King Open moved and took and they closed the Harrington the Longfellow. I remember the this, Kennedy. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a really it was a huge undertaking. And the process was was really a mess. What,
0: what was the reason for it? Too um, many kids.
1: You know, it, it. so two of the schools, the Fitzgerald and the Harrington were had been, quote unquote, failing schools in the eyes of the state when looking at MCAS and, and other things. And so after a certain period of time, if you if you don't change that trend, the state Basically says you either need to close these schools or we're going to take them over. And so who's that? Who's the state? So the Department of Ed. Education. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so we had two schools that we had to really do something with. And, and so like six hundred kids. Um. Yeah. Probably less than that. Probably less than that. Wow. But um, so then it sort of starts this domino effect where okay, so we're going to close the Fitzgerald School, which is this beautiful new building. We're not going to leave this building empty. So. Who's going to take that space? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, the Peabody school has a high enrollment. They're kind of busting at the seams. Let's move them over to the Fitzgerald but for, building. Families were and probably then, pissed, though, right? Because they some, wanted to go some, to the Peabody? Some. And, and it was, you know, it was a very hard, hard process and, and it was ugly. I mean, you had people showing up to, um, school committee meetings with signs like don't put us with those kids and this that I mean it was it was really it was a <laughs> mess oh it was it was ugly but that prompted me to run i thought as a social worker as someone who had a background in special education as someone who graduated from from the schools you know i when i was in school Cambridge public schools were a place that people moved to Cambridge because of the schools. Mm-hmm. People were leaving Cambridge because of the schools at that point. And I said, that's not okay. And I have an experience as a social worker and as someone who works in special ed. So and I, I always I always wanted to be involved. Yeah. Yeah. it's my community. I, I, I love Cambridge more than anything. And uh, and I thought I had a voice. And so I ran. And things just kind of went from there.
0: So, but but you knew that because my dad... Shout out to my dad. He probably won't even want me to say this, but he had... had Look, careful, f- careful now.
1: He's proud of you now. Yeah. Don't blow it.
0: <laughs> I won't. Dad, I still love you. But but he had a... Back in his heyday, he tried to consistently run for office. And there's usually a path where people will start at like local rep level, then maybe they'll try to go for like a state senate level. Okay. You were aware of that starting out, going, trying to become okay. mayor, right? Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, people do it all kinds of different ways. I mean, mm-hmm. Some people run straight for city councils some people run for state rep or or state senate um i think it's it's i think the grind's probably more effective though right because you're meeting people consistently yeah i mean f- from a you know from a strategic point of view um you know you build up your your name recognition and, and whatnot but you know there's also sometimes being an incumbent can cut both ways, right? Because it's very easy when you're a first-time candidate to say that you're going to do all kinds of things. You've never taken a serious vote, right? Or any vote. And then, and then you get in there and, you know, not everything, you know, I think a lot of I think a lot of people, whether at any level, I think people in Congress are realizing this now, that it's really different once you get there. And it's not just about what I want to do, because we don't elect kings and queens, right? You, you have to get the votes to do what you want to do. And so sometimes that means that you get 80 cents on the dollar, right? Mm-hmm. And it's better to move the needle a little bit than not at all. And and so, you know, you get in there and you realize, gee, I can't just do everything that I want as easily as I want. I actually have to work with people, compromise with people, build relationships. And then you end up taking votes sometimes that make some people unhappy. So when you're a first-time candidate, you, you've got no record.
0: You it's know? a popularity um, contest. And, but I when I you're think.
1: an incumbent, you know, it's... It's certainly easier in so, in a lot of ways to be an incumbent, obviously, because we see incumbents get elected, mm-hmm. you know, get reelected more often. But you are, you actually have a record that could cut both ways, right? So... Um, I think name recognition is essential. I mean, especially when voting.
0: Like, obviously, hey, man, you're running for city council again, running for city mayor again. I already know this guy, so I'll vote for him. I okay. don't know. Ex- I might not have the knowledge of exactly what went on in the city, X, Y, Z. But I understand what you're saying. like. Yeah you're kind of in a game of just pure execution once you get elected right
1: yeah and and it's you know we just you know we had a vote last night at the so as the mayor i also chair the school committee mm-hmm. so um we had a so we had a housing committee meeting i had to leave that and go chair the school committee and um
0: where where are these meetings these so, top secret meetings
1: so, so they're not secret they're all publicly published don't if okay. anybody from the ag's office is listening they're all properly noticed Um, so the city council (laughs) meets, um, at the Sullivan chamber, which is the second floor of city hall and the school school committee meets at the high school. No, it's actually a a gorgeous room. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, and, uh, and the, and the school committee meets at the high school. And
0: so you're there just like kissing
1: babies. Uh, it's the mayor, man. Yeah. I mean, there, you know, there is a portion of being mayor that's ceremonial right you go to ribbon cuttings and you know you're Th- this the is face a f- does it fade quick though like you know once you're elected you're like holy shit now i gotta get stuff done um Cause, yeah because no, obama I mean,
0: said that when he was elected president he said that the glamour mm-hmm. after his inauguration quickly faded yeah i mean we could tell because his hair totally went gray right
1: but. right no i mean you definitely i mean you know there's far more to the job than you know, showing up at ribbon cuttings and and, and shaking hands, again. but um, you know, we've done a lot of, uh, I think, a lot of great work, uh, this so far this year. Um, but uh, but that stuff is fun too, you know, and and so I try to enjoy every minute of it. Cambridge just is a little different than Somerville, in the in our the way our political body is set up. Wait, before you say it, I think I know it. Okay, go Cause, for it. Because I studied. Okay, also, at it. least this
0: water's for you if you'd like one, bro. You got one. Well hydrated. Thank you, bro. You're my guy, man. We're doing it. We're on the one with the mayor, bro. <laughs> um. So, what you have to be elected a city council, right? There are there nine city councilors. Yes. Once you're elected within that body, then you're elected as mayor. That's correct. And then there's also a city manager. Yeah. His name is also Luis or Louis. Louis De Pasquale. Di Pasquale. Does he have a family business in Waltham? Because no. I saw Di Pasquale's bakery yesterday.
1: I I don't think so.
0: We don't care about Waltham. Somerville and Cambridge. Somerville and Cambridge. Yeah, <laughs> he's a
1: he's a Cambridge guy too, so he I don't think he goes to Waltham very much. I mean may, maybe his kid, I don't I don't know. But.
0: And so you you effectively manage all the city council meetings, correct? Correct. You do most of the PR. Yeah. All the PR.
1: Yeah, I mean, each counselor does their own, you know, they have newsletters and and other things, but... um, And then the city manager also has leverage in most situations? Yeah, so we have a strong city manager form of government. So the city manager runs all the city departments. So the city council can set policy. We do zoning. We do, um, you know, municipal codes, general policy. But at the end of the day, the city manager is the one who ultimately makes decisions about what's going to get funded and what's not so for example a couple years ago when boston closed the long island shelter um it was winter and i went to this i put in a policy order asking the city to fund 100 additional shelter beds in cambridge because there's a homeless shelter it's, it's a homeless shelter because you know there are going to be more people on the street and um And the city manager at the time, it was not the current city manager, but the city manager at the time came back and said, no, we're not going to do that. And so even though the council had uh, voted in favor, unanimously in favor of doing so, the city manager had the power to say, I'm not going to fund that. So he has the direct access to the budget? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We uh, ultimately approve the budget, um, but he is the one that puts the budget together. So it's this give and take. um, But so nobody runs for mayor in Cambridge. So unlike Somerville where Joe runs, you know, every couple of years um, and gets elected as mayor, that doesn't happen in Cambridge. And so what tends to happen, I think it's been close to probably 16 years, maybe close to 20 years that we've actually had a mayor that has served two terms in a row because it tends to rotate through the Mm -hmm. council. So, um, you know, I'm currently the mayor for this term let's hope you get the next one man. um i'm gonna there's nothing that would that, that there's no rule that would prevent me from getting two terms in a row um it's Is just that my max? colleagues two just, terms. Max, no though. no there's no term limits it's just you know my colleagues would have to you know vote for me and um you know given that it's been 16 to 20 years and anyone has done that you know it would be unusual but i certainly think we're doing a fabulous job i think um we've we've really tackled a lot of important issues facing the most vulnerable people in our city and i would love to stay another 2 years and and continue that work 2 year terms are tough they they really oh, so not a lot of time so,
0: so you're saying consistently the mayor rotates
1: pretty much okay pretty much um so we'll see what happens you know um but first i got to get reelected to the city council that's the first step and then oh okay then, okay right so you run for city council and we're all citywide so w- water uh, somerville has districts or wards mm-hmm cambridge there's no ward so it's a really funky system because you you run against your colleagues because everybody's running citywide so, so it's like you're my boy i'm just trying to
0: simplify it. it's like yo, you're my boy but at the same time we're pitted against each yes, other man
1: right so it's it's weird you get you know you get elected you know in november it takes a few months you come together in january when people get sworn in it takes a little time to sort of heal from the election because people are sometimes it's pretty intense I'm sure um gets nasty then then you get then you get you know six or seven months where everybody's kind of on good terms and working together and then you're running against each other again so it's it's really it's um it's good to be competitive like that don't you think it's like who can get the most done in that type of system but but you got again you got to work together and and you know what tends to happen is and and you know you start to see that sort of once the calendar switches into the election year so you know just happened in Mm -hmm. january you start to see people being sometimes trying to posture more to get more attention right and we have and we have elections that in the last couple of elections so we elect nine so the between 8th place, ninth place, 10th place, and 11th place. So the two le- yeah. winners and the two losers mm-hmm. um, are sometimes separated by 20 votes. So, Whoa. so you know, if, I mean, if you have a group of 15 and you come in to a city councilor around election time and say, I want you to, you know, put in an order to paint the streets blue because blue is a calming color and mm-hmm. it will reduce, you know, Road rage. Make the city look sick. You know, you know, that counter's gonna be like, oh, those are fifteen votes that I wanna covet because that could be the difference between my winning and losing. Wow. So it's it's really it's there's a there's a a downside to two so, year terms. So it gets ugly on the local level sometimes mm-hmm. too. It does. Unfortunately, because we're all you know, we all care very much about the city. We all work hard. Um, how much is ego I've been talking about it
0: almost every podcast but the it's common knowledge that ego is really prevalent in top level politicians do you does it start to creep in at a local level too
1: um yes and no i mean i think you have to have some ego to say for sure you should put me in a position to make decisions for mm-hmm. all of you you know I mean I'm yeah. your guy <clears throat> right so well people want that too you know yeah so you have to have you have to have you know you have to have a, and you have to have a pretty strong ego because if you don't believe in yourself and what you stand for this is a tough it's a tough place to do business as Cambridge and Somerville there's you know there's no shortage of experts in every area you you know and and people get people get nasty um so and, if you don't and, if you're not confident in yourself you're going to get chewed up. But on the other hand, this isn't, we're local. This is local government. These are people that, you know, you, you can't walk down the street without people stopping you. And so it's not like you're removed in the way that senators are removed or certainly presidents are removed.
0: And and also though, in your defense too, Cambridge is a wild city. You know, it's like, I'm, is it 110,000 people? About, yeah. And it's just one of the most eclectically diverse cities. I don't, I don't know if this is statistic, but in, In the country. I know it's like a top 10 most densely populated city in the country, right? Yes. And so you have to manage. And so,
1: Somerville, by the way. And it's it's funny. Somerville is more densely populated than Cambridge at night. And Cambridge is more densely populated during the day. Our population doubles during the day because Because of of jobs. Because of jobs. Somerville doesn't have the commercial market that Cambridge has. So there are a lot of people living in Somerville that come to Cambridge to work, but they go home at night. So we flip flop. Listen. Listen, we may be in Somerville. What's the mayor of Somerville's name? Joe Curtitone.
0: Joe, shout out to you. Yeah. Hey, thanks for What's having up, us. What's up, Joe? But I'm from Cambridge, man. That's where I grew up. Those are my <laughs> rules. You
1: should get Joe on here. Joe's a good guy.
0: we Will do. Actually, we'll get you both up here. Yeah, that'd be great. Good debate. Political debate. That'd be huge for the yeah, show. Maybe. Well,
1: <laughs> we, we agree on a lot of things. I don't know how much we'll be debating, but uh it'd be some good natured fun. Is, that is, there a,
0: is there a secret mayor society? No, no, <laughs> not, not really. The Illuminati.
1: Yeah, no, no, nothing like that.
0: So when you say that uh Cambridge um jobs double, so before, I was hyping this episode up huge online. You guys got to follow me. I was like, the mayor's coming up. Let's go. <laughs> I had asked everybody who follows me um questions. Say what would you like me to ask the mayor? Yeah. I'd also like to know how did you and you were at city, in city council at the time slash school committee somewhere in that range. How did Cambridge usher in this massive tech boom? Yeah, so Facebook is in Cambridge, right? Facebook, Google. Amazon, Google, Microsoft, and this is all in Kendall Square. There's yeah. these biotech companies, some of the yeah. smartest people in the world.
1: It is the highest concentration of biotech companies in the world why and it's new right I mean relatively it's been growing over the last you know 20 years or so uh, maybe a little bit more so really sort of the history of Kendall was so that it was the manufacturing section of the city so you had a lot of factories Cambridge was one of the top uh, candy factories in 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 the country. Whoa. We were the number one fire hose producing city in the world. Let's go! Yeah, you know you got <laughs> you got to love that. Um, in fact, a little a, a little trivia for you. That uh, do you, do you like Junior Mints, Adam? Well, to be honest, I've been fast, and I'm trying to lean out a little bit. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Junior Mints, those little yeah, they're yeah. made by yeah, they're in the movie theaters. They're made by the Tootsie Roll Company, and the only. Tootsie Roll factory that makes junior mints is in Cambridge. So every junior mint is made in Cambridge. So there you go. That There's is a, a fun fact. Where use, is that? Use that at uh, dinner parties. Um, it's on Main Street and just outside of Central Square. So wow. anyway, so Kendall was the manufacturing center. Um, in the early 60s, the government took a bunch of Kendall Square by eminent domain because it was going to be NASA. Under, under JFK.
0: That would have been a different story. It would
1: have been a whole different story. So then when JFK was assassinated and Johnson became president, he moved it to Houston. So now you've got, you know, yeah, we're Cape in Ass- Canaveral yeah. and, and and in Houston. So that left uh, Kendall Square with a, just a lot of dead space, right? And then manufacturing kind of started to leave and, you know, places started to close down. And so Kendall Square, when I was growing up, um, was really a dead neighborhood you had a department store there leachmere sales and you had a couple diners but you know basically there was nothing there went up and then there were a couple biotech companies that decided because of its proximity to mit and harvard said hey you know and land was very cheap then in kendall square you know let's come you know let's settle in in kendall and then there was a real effort that cambridge formed the cambridge redevelopment authority whose job it was was to revitalize kendall square when is this like what years is this you know i want to say it's Mid '80s, late '80s, um, but when I say this boom, like it seems like the last ten years, yes, it got it's, really popping. Yeah, it's been yes. exponential growth for sure. For sure, um, you know, certainly in the last you know ten to fifteen years, it has taken on a whole different. And now it's actually sort of going through a different transformation. You're now starting to see a lot of housing, right? So it was you know it was factories, then it was dead space, then it was the commercial you know, biotech innovation center. And now you're seeing apartment buildings going up. So now it's becoming an actual neighborhood. So it's a really fascinating story. It's like a
0: city. It's like a city center right across the Charles from Boston's most densely populated areas. Yeah. So, but how is the mayor in local government, like, was that like an idea? Like, hey, MIT and Harvard's here. Let's just... Start getting these popping companies over here, develop some commerce in the city. Yeah,
1: so that's when, you know, like you know, when they formed the Cambridge Redevelopment Authority and I don't know the exact year, and that I mean there was a decision made by the city manager at the time and the city council to sort of put resources into this this body that would their job was to attract businesses and companies to Kendall. So what was the first one that came over? Um I can't remember what the first one was I mean, it might have been the Broad Institute but I'm not I'm not 100% sure
0: so the fact that Harvard and MIT here it must have had some sort of influence on yeah. that
1: right yeah so you know it's an interesting you know I said this the other night when we were, we were talking about there's a we go every you know we have every year we have to go to a rating these rating agencies determine the city's bond rating which will, how makes it how easy it is for us to borrow money for for different projects capital projects um and we always have for the last 20 years we've had the top bond rating uh in the country we're Let's one of go. 33 cities. Yeah, no, it's it's important because we're we're rebuilding uh we're building three new schools at half a billion dollars and we're doing it without raising property taxes and without any state assistance and it's because we can borrow money for such a low interest rate. But anyway, um Harvard and MIT, I mean of course Cambridge wouldn't be Cambridge without Harvard and MIT, but Harvard and MIT need Cambridge too, and there were there have been times when, despite having Harvard and MIT, Cambridge didn't have a lot of money. So in my time in growing up in the in the seventies, you know, we would lay off hundreds of teachers every year because we weren't sure we were going to have money to, to bring them back. Um, that's not the case anymore. Cambridge is you know very well financed city, um, But that's be, I mean that's really because of Kendall Square. So that so that's been a main driver of the economic boom
0: in cambridge have been the biotech companies absolutely for for the rest of the city right and so was this like 20 years ago 10 years ago there was a group of people saying like hey we're going to market this as a good space for these businesses or yeah.
1: yeah and that's what the redevelopment authority was responsible for so who do you check in with
0: over there consistently like in kendall yeah. Is there a group of people or
1: um well there is a the, the Kendall Association which is sort of like their business association mm-hmm. so i'm in contact with them just like i am with the East Cambridge Business Association Central Square Business Association Harvard Square um so you know they're that's sort of a, they have a group that you know meets mm-hmm. regularly to talk about Kendall Square um and so i you know i i try to stay in contact with all of our Neighborhood and business association. You got a lot of people to talk to, man. It's it's it's. There's a lot of meetings with this job.
0: Well, you also d- you're dealing with so many different types of people, which yes. is a reflection of Cambridge too. Um, so with the tech boom, is that when the gentrification kind of started to happen in Cambridge? So yes. Um, so because Central uh, Square looks way different than it yeah, did 10, yeah. when all Asia was around.
1: You remember all right. Asia? Uh, absolutely. Um, so. A number of things happen relatively close together. So Cambridge used to have rent control, and rent control had a profound impact on the entire city. Can, Not only can you elaborate? on Yeah. What so that is? Rent, rent control was basically um, it, it basically said that there were if buildings certain buildings depending on their size and when they were built, and that the government, the city of Cambridge said rents cannot be any higher than this amount of money, mm-hmm. right? And and it kept rents low. In in a lot of uh, for a, a big part of the city, or about ten about I think it was about ten or fifteen percent of the of the city's apartments. What um, what was the base rent? Oh gosh, I, it was fifteen hundred. Oh god, no! I mean, back in rent control, you were talking about a you know a three bedroom apartment for five hundred bucks. You know that'd be fire. Um, <laughs> what happened to those days? Man? Yeah. Well, I mean, so there are a couple things that happened with it with rent control. One was a lot of the people who were living in rent controlled. There was no means testing. So no one checked anybody's income. So a lot of people, the vast majority of people who were living in rent controlled apartments, were not people that really needed to pay that little rent. They were so just savvy. You, you had doctors and lawyers and professors and, <laughs> and so it wasn't really going to the, the people who, who really would have that it was designed for, which was yeah. to, you know, try and keep sort of a, a, a wide range of incomes in the city. So that was a problem with it. But then also when you're a landlord and you're not getting a whole lot of money in rent, you can't keep your your house in, in good shape, mm-hmm. right? You're, so it led to a lot of a lot of the build, a lot of the housing was not it's in good shape. It, it, it sort of it, it sort of crushed the whole market, right? So I mean, if you were if rents for a two bedroom was 500 bucks a month for a rent control department, and you were someone who had a non rent control apartment, you couldn't charge 1500 because that's way out of scale the other so it, it depressed the whole market the good side was it kept some rent it kept some, some rents low. so that ended up cambridge boston brookline and amherst i think were the four cities in the state that had rent control but people got enough signatures to put the question of rent control on the statewide ballot and on the when st- when is this this was 93ish okay this is way 94. before you're in. yeah so so then statewide rent control was defeated and it was made illegal so these four cities it it passed in the it was people wanted to keep it in Mm -hmm. the four cities that had it but because it was a statewide question people in you know quincy got to vote on it so
0: landlords started charging crazy for so so
1: that so so now you lost the government control on rents right so that caused things to start to rise Then you had a lot of Cambridge families who said, who had been in Cambridge a long time, who maybe owned a triple-decker, and it was family on each floor. Developers started to come in and say, well, now that the market is wide open, I'll give you a million dollars for your house. And that was a lot of money in 1994, right? So people started to sell their property, and then you saw this huge condo conversion. So what was cheap apartments now started to become expensive condos. So that, you lost apartments the number of apartments went down, condos went up. At the same time, Kendall Square was really booming. booming. So you had more people moving into the city and Harvard to work. MIT right continuously. So, so it was like this. It was like this perfect storm. You had the loss of government control on rents. You lost a lot of apartments because they turned into condos, and then you had more and more people want to, wanting to live in Cambridge because they were now working in Cambridge, and you had a supply and demand problem. You had more people who wanted to live here than you had apartments for. And, you know, it's not rocket science that when that happens, prices go up. So that's what started the whole craziness that we're we're, that we're seeing today.
0: So as a mayor, and I don't want this to sound insensitive to anybody listening or watching, but don't you want to like it's kind of your job, like you want the city to have a ton of commerce and a lot of jobs coming through. That's a good side of gentrification right right it's just the people that are eating it on the other end it right. sucks for
1: right and that's you know that is the hard part I so mean, yeah so how do you
0: navigate that
1: you know it's not a perfect science i mean you know what i try to say is that um i want i want developers to scream but not run away and what i mean by that is i want to squeeze these companies for every community benefit we can possibly get from them so but el- at the end elaborate of the... like what would a commu- so so a community be? benefit would be so MIT just got this huge ten acres of land in the middle of Kendall Square, and they came to the city council and they said with their plan to develop that property, and they needed some zoning relief because the current zoning wouldn't allow heights and density that would get make it financially viable for them. Yeah, that so, zoning is yeah confusing. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's tough. So they came basically they came to the city council and they said, look, we want to be able to build. You know, a 300-foot building over here, a 500-foot building over there. And they needed our permission to do that. And that led to a conversation where, okay, well, we're going to be – you want us to give you a privilege of building higher and taller and it's going to make you a whole lot of money. What are you going to do for the community? And we were able to negotiate – a two hundred and fifty million dollar benefit package to the city. Let's go, mayor. They're gonna, yeah, they're going to build a. Let's go, Luis. A, a, Come a on. New, uh, this was before I was vice mayor at the time. Oh. Um, but they, but but this was what the council was, you know, was working on. So they're going to build a community center um, that's going to be open to to the the community of Cambridge. Wait, where is that? Uh, in Kendall? So it's it's going to be it's going in Kendall Square. They're building a job connector that's specifically going to target young people who are living in our our housing developments to be able to enter the innovation and biotech space so they're going to be training kids um they are going to be providing pr- uh, affordable housing um it's a 250 million dollar package so by that Whose I money mean, is the 250 so that's a- mit that's okay. what they're going to cost. that's what it's going to cost them to do it's probably going to end up costing them more but to do the the things that 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 we demanded of them in order for them to get oh, so what that, they want. So that's you saying you're maxing out the community benefits. So 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 that's what I want again, I wanted them to scream, which they did, two hundred and fifty million dollars, even even for MIT is not cheap. But at the end of the day, I'm glad that they're building in Kendall Square and they're not building somewhere else because if they went to Somerville or Watertown or Waltham, we wouldn't be able to get the benefits that are really gonna help the community. So it is this it's this negotiation, it's this give and take. So it it's I'm I am Thrilled that Kendall Square is what it is today versus what it was when I was a kid, and that's because it gives the city a lot of financial resources to do things that really help the most vulnerable people. We open one of the first things we did was open a warming center for the homeless. Where um, it's in Central Square. There's a lot of homeless people who won't go to a shelter because of safety concerns or or um, you know, you sometimes if you're if you're a couple, where in central is it's, it? It, it? It's in the basement of the senior center, and it's open every night. So are all those people winter. that
0: are on the corner there? Yeah. I mean, we're all familiar with yeah the crazy corner of just hey,
1: careful, that's my corner. Uh, yeah. I, I live, I live a block away. You're, so. Well, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes
0: the that corner is turbulent with a lot of people homeless. Yeah, I'm assuming there's a lot of drug activity in the area. Just, yeah, I'm sorry to totally segue into an, another topic, but I also read in the Herald yesterday that also Alewife has gotten like mm-hmm. Alewife, a couple other stations have gotten over hundred fifty complaints yeah. homeless wise. Alewife has always been nuts. So is Central. Yeah. How does how do you dumb down on that?
1: Well so, you know, we have um you know when people think about Cambridge you know, just I mean, look at our conversation today. We're talking about biotech. We're talking about Harvard. We're talking about MIT. How am I doing, by the way? Okay, you're doing great. You we're, doing? we're talking. I'm um, I'm very proud of you, as is your dad, I'm sure. <laughs> and um, you know, you're t- talking about high housing prices. What people don't know is that Cambridge has a higher poverty rate than the state average. Cambridge uh, has upwards of 500 homeless people on our streets every night. Um, death by overdose has doubled. Ob- opioid um, death. Uh, uh, yeah. So is, um, is
0: that that's probably directly correlated with the homeless
1: population? I'm sometimes, assuming. but not not always. Um, and then um, about fifty percent of our kids in our public schools live in public housing. So there's another story of Cambridge. Cambridge is really a tale of two cities, right? You have a lot of prosperity, mm-hmm. you have a lot of people making a lot of money, and then you know you have twenty percent of our kids go to bed hungry at night. The so, ugly side. You know, no, it's not ugly. It's 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 uh, it's challenging, but um, you know, but. They're connected in the sense of we're able to initiate programs to help those more underserved populations because we have money that comes from Kendall Square, right? So it, 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 it connects. Um, so anyway, the, so yeah, there's there's a lot of homeless folks in Cambridge. Um, you know the way you solve homelessness is you provide housing for people. Or jobs, or jobs, but you know the first we have a housing first model. We, we we believe and the research shows this that if you get somebody shelter, if you get somebody stable housing, it's much easier to do the other stuff. You cannot get someone a job if they're sleeping out in front of Seven Eleven, right? Where's their mailbox? Where's get, their shower? I get what you're saying Pe- their,
0: people got a shower, clean themselves. You know, you know, you where's their Civilized. you know their their,
1: their their dignity? You know, you you got to get people into homes. People, the the first thing we need to be doing is providing homes for people and that's why my number one issue is really focused on affordable housing and bringing more affordable housing to cambridge Uh, and believe it or not even in a city that you know is the claims to be the most progressive city in the most progressive state there's a lot of controversy about building more affordable housing there's a lot of people who don't want it my question is
0: how effective is getting homeless people houses because don't you have to do – you probably have to do a lot of behavioral testing yeah. and psych testing on a lot of these
1: people that yeah. are probably – a lot of them are mentally ill. Yeah. So there's there's all different types of uh, of housing. and And homelessness covers a huge range, right? You certainly have people who are homeless because they're mentally ill. You certainly have people who are homeless because they're struggling with substance use you have i'm referring to central i know that's yeah. that's you, you, a common thing you have, case in you have women that are homeless because they're escaping domestic violence you you know you have people that are homeless because they lost their job and they had no savings the vast majority of people have no money in in the bank right so um there's a wide range of reasons why people are homeless um you have a lot of youth that are, that are homeless uh, we see a lot of kids young people who age out of the foster care system and the state just says see you later good luck And, you know, they have no family support. You have a lot of young people who have been kicked out of their homes because of their sexual orientation. Um, That's actually young people between the ages of 18 and 24 is the highest uh, growing population of homeless people. So um, people are homeless for a lot of different reasons. So some, you know, if you're you're someone who lost their apartment because you got evicted because you couldn't pay your rent, but you're basically – you have it sort of put together Mm -hmm. and, you know, and maybe you're working but you're not making enough money – you can help that person, you know, by paying, you know, we have a program that will pay your first month in security to help get you into apartment. So that's one thing. And then obviously the people who are struggling with mental illness and substance abuse, that's a more challenging population. Um, but then you try to create, you know, what, what we call, uh, supportive housing where you, where you people can move into a place where there are some services uh, available to that, them to help the, them. Are those projects or uh, no, not, not, not necessarily. Um, and this is where we don't have en- This is what we don't have enough of, in my opinion. We don't have enough of that that transitional housing. So how do you go? You know, you're not going to take somebody who is sleeping outside in front of Seven Eleven, struggling with substance abuse, and say, okay, now we're going to put you in one of these really expensive apartments in. We're going to do, we're do a
0: month rent, and now you got to go make fifteen hundred dollars a month. Right, right. That's not so, so so you
1: need so we need to build this transitional housing. Look, this is you're going to get you off the street, going to get you a place to live. We're going to have services there for you. We're going to help you, you know, o- you know, overcome your your addiction or, you know, your, whatever that is to alcohol or some something else. Um, we're going to do some job training for you. So you need to provide for some people. It's just supply them with some money and they can get a place to live for others. It's you really need a wraparound program that we don't have enough of. And that's something it, I want to pursue.
0: Is there a turnover on that, though? Has that been effective? Yeah. Um, in so other it, places?
1: it, 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 it Yes. And, and Some people would say if
0: someone's crazy, they'll always be crazy. I mean, I use that, that term very loosely. But you understand what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Um, but, you know, they still need a place to live. For sure. Right? And, you know, the thing that is is sad about this and at times frustrating is when we – so Cambridge has had about 500 homeless people on their streets every year for the last several years. It's not the same 500 people. We've helped a lot of those people get into housing. But then there's another wave of people that come in. It's just Massachusetts has had the, had the highest growth, percentage growth in homelessness in the country last year.
0: Is, is that directly related to the opioid ep- epidemic? Do you uh, think? I think
1: I think it's partly the opioid epidemic. I think it's partly the high cost of housing here.
0: You know what's really crazy is Melnia Cass and Mass Ave. Yeah. That's like another area I would say is
1: comparable to the central square corner. Yeah, w- yeah. Would you concur? Yeah. I mean, it's a bigger scale in Boston, but, um, but you know, I mean, we have to, we have to really consider what, what substance abuse and and addiction, it is a, it is a medical issue. It's not, we cannot criminalize it in, in this country. And we too often do, or we take the opinion of, oh, well, they're doing it to themselves. They deserve it. The, The majority of people that get hooked on heroin get hooked on heroin through prescription medication yeah that was so, shout out dr. Sigmund so they you know they start off as somebody who is you know a well-functioning employed you yeah, know they get a surgery
0: they pop an oxy and then he said there's a six, six if you day. yeah if you take it for six days yeah. there's a six percent of the population will never be the same right Wow right.
1: So you know, so we have an issue with our with our in in our medical field with overprescribing. We have an issue with our pharmaceutical companies that push these medications. Um, the state is and Cambridge has signed on to a lawsuit to pharmaceutical companies that have misled uh, doctors uh, and others about the impacts of, of, of pain medication. Um, so you know, it's it's a it's a huge problem that t- has a lot of different touch points. But you know, the thing that I you know, we can do this little. Uh, We'll do this in this room. There's only four of us. But how many of us have ever asked, and you in the audience do this at home, how many of you have ever asked, um, I know I'm looking at it here, but I'm over here. Um, How many of you have ever asked a child what they want to be when they grow up? Raise your hand. Every hand should be up. No? You've no you don't talk to no. kids? We don't have kids, man. Okay. No, but you have, you young, have nephews bro. or whatever. Anybody who's ever asked a young person what they want to be when they grow up. Or, move it this way, has an, if an adult has ever asked you when you were a kid what you wanted to be when you grow up, right? Just, just like your teacher said, hey, Mark. That's right. You want to be the mayor, man? He's well, like, so, yeah. How many of those people, how many of those kids ever said they wanted to be homeless? None. Some, people, right.
0: some kids are born into it.
1: You know, um, some kids are, but nobody wants to be in it. And so when we walk past 7 Eleven and we see that person sitting out in front of 7 Eleven who might be dirty, who might be rough around the edges, who might be intoxicated that was a 10 year old once who wanted to play second base for the Red Sox, or, you know, the same way I did, or wanted to be a musician, or an artist, or a lawyer, or a doctor. And something went wrong for them and now they're sitting in front of 711 and we don't we don't think about people that way. We think oh he deserves it. He doesn't want to work. He's lazy. Oh, he he did it to himself. And it, it we got to change that. We have to change that way of thinking.
0: One thing though is there a lot of people believe there's choice involved. You know, I think you ultimately you don't have choice what you're born into, but you have choice of how you maneuver in your circumstance. So some people would say okay, you're addicted to opioids, that was a choice at a certain point. I- I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah,
1: you I, I, I think it was a choice to take the opioids in the first place. I don't think it's a choice to be addicted. Now, of course, you know, we and we've had this issue. We have gone out to some of the homeless folks in Cambridge and we sort of triage them. We have a group that goes out every Wednesday, so we try to, the people who are most at risk, people who maybe have health problems or are older and really struggling the most, we really try to get them off the street first if we can. Um, and some of them say, you know what, I've been doing this 40 years. I'm fine. And that's a choice. I've seen some regulars in Central. You know, yeah, I'm I mean, sure that that, 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 that is a choice. Um, but too often, it's not a choice. And it certainly wasn't a choice at the beginning. Um, and I'll tell you, spend spend a week on the street getting abused physically, sexually, getting robbed, not knowing where your next meal is going to come from, and your mental health decreases pretty damn fast. For sure. And so, a lot of these people were not as mentally ill as they are uh, now. As they are now, and we got to remember that back under Ronald Reagan, back in the eighties, um, we de- we they closed all these mental health facilities, right? So they used to be state hospitals, right? Now they were horrible in a, lo- a lot of ways, and so I'm not saying that they were necessarily the answer, but you had people that were living in these facilities and they weren't on the street, they closed them all. And they just, with no services, they just kicked all those people out and put them all on the street. And so that was a a political decision that caused a huge problem.
0: Could you institute a sense of counseling in a lot of the shelters you're trying to build?
1: Yes. Is that a plan? Yes. Um, So Cambridge... Adam, you want to check it? How we doing? Great. So Cambridge, um, unlike Boston, and I don't think Somerville... I think Somerville is more like Cambridge. We don't run any shelters ourselves. The city of Cambridge does not run a shelter. It's Boston has their own shelters, and then it's mostly nonprofits. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you know, the Salvation Army has a shelter. Um, we have uh, this. Um, uh, there's a shelter on Albany Street, right? The Rosie's MIT. Bakery,
0: right in Men. Is that still uh, there? Uh,
1: no, Rosie's been gone for a while. Um, I don't know what that has to do with a shelter.
0: Uh, was there a shelter in Was there a shelter in Inman's? Or am I crazy?
1: Um, there was no shelter in Inman Square that I know of. Also, shout out to Gil at the Lily Pad. You know the Lily Pad. I do know the Lily shout Pad. Shout to Gil. Yeah. Um, so, so Cambridge doesn't run shelters itself. We work with nonprofits who run shelters. Um, so it's a you know we in some ways we because we contract with them we have some influence over them but at the end of the day we don't run them we can't tell them what to do so we do work collaboratively with them So um, how do
0: you get leverage in a situation like that though saying yo homelessness is so bad i want to be able to get some money from taxpayers or grant or whatever and pump counseling into these shelters yeah
1: so that would be something that um you know th- that would come through a policy order from the city council right to say to ask the, the city manager to look into funding you know counseling programs now i mean we do give i mean there's some of that, that 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 already happens um but we we have a multi-service center that that you know is is there to help people sort of navigate the system and get them into housing and get them into um you know, jobs people homeless people can get their mail delivered there which a lot of, again get bad. hard to apply for a job if you don't have an address mm-hmm. right um so we allow them to use the address at this city run uh center Um, we have the warming center, uh, for people who can't get into shelters or won't go to shelters. Um, but again, that, you know, that's a $300,000 investment every year, which, you know, when I went to the city manager and and told him I wanted to do this, money was not an issue. And, you know, when you live in a city, they can write a check for $300,000 without blinking an eye. Um, you know, that's a city that's very well financed. And again, it comes back to being well, well financed because of the commercial industry that we have in the city. So, you know. I get it. So Kendall Square has caused some stress on the city in terms of the gentrification and rising housing prices. And we have to deal with that. But the flip side is it's also put us in a position where we can do things that other cities simply cannot do. Um, and that's a benefit. Money rules all, man. Well, money's important. I mean, you can't... It's essential. I mean, you know, you, I mean, I, I know there's, there's this it's sort our system, of, man. I mean, I know there's this, you know, feeling that, you know, money is bad. and But, you know, it costs, you know, you want to build a homeless shelter. No one's doing that for free. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you don't have the money, if you're, you know, if you look at cities like Holyoke and, and Springfield and some of these cities out west, Lowell, Lawrence, up north, that used to be... Major manufacturing cities. Manufacturing went away as it did across the country, and they haven't been able to rebuild their commercial infrastructure. And they are cities that are having a hard time, you know, funding the things that they need to fund for their community.
0: Um, and so-, so. So, question, sorry to interrupt. Do you, does it stress you out when people ask you about gentrification? Because it's like shit, excuse my language, it's like. Shit, <laughs> shit. There's I. I'm doing a lot for the city, and I'm not trying to. I don't right. want it to, everyone to be shafted. Right. But it's just a tough line to navigate. It, it is a
1: very difficult line. It's a very difficult balance. Um, you know. So what? So one of the things. Uh, I'm just
0: trying to get a sense that all a lot of these major issues are all kind of interrelated. Yeah.
1: So, so, so here's something I I, I wanted to, to touch on: this affordable housing overlay district. Okay. Be very transparent because I'm learning here. Okay, so basically, um, affordable house. So this this is something that the city council is currently talking about. And what this would be, it's it's called a citywide overlay. What it means is there's basic zoning, right? So you can build 35 feet in the Mount Auburn neighborhood, right? Stay out of the Mount Auburn neighborhood. Well, that's part of the problem. So you so you can build a building that uh, a house triple decker Mm -hmm. whatever that's 35 feet and you can do that by right you don't have to ask special permission that's what zoning allows
0: case in point that massive tower right across from the middle east no that's different okay (laughs)
1: um so so there's so that's what, what can be done by right right zoning allows you to do that we're talking about putting what's called an overlay so it's it's a it's zoning that sort of sits on top of the zoning that's already there that says, if you build 100% affordable housing, we're going to let you build 45 feet or 50 feet in those neighborhoods. Oh, so you're incentivizing we're developers. are incentivizing yeah. affordable housing. Because H- has of, it been effective? Well, we haven't done it yet. This is okay. what we're discussing now. And because it is very difficult because of the gentrification, because Cambridge is such a desirable place to live, the cost of buying a house or buying land is ridiculous right so here's a here's an example there are six houses being sold right now as one parcel there's one owner these six houses on frost street it's up between porter square and harvard square and they are on the market for 19.5 million dollars a piece or total no total okay so Adam, On, what do you think we should rent, rent yeah, no, over no, there? Let's start passing the hat, right? <laughs> um, so, under current zoning, so I, I inquired if the city could buy that property, right, and partner with an affordable housing developer and, and build some affordable housing there. Under the current zoning, given the number of units we would be allowed to build, it would come out to about eight hundred to nine hundred thousand dollars per unit. Right, which is too expensive for affordable housing developers.
0: You, you got 900 racks on you're right. ready to
1: go, man? So, and that's only to acquire the property. Forget construction costs and everything else. So you're probably talking about a million dollars per unit. So the city, it it's... That is too, far from it, affordable. It's it's too... Well, that's to buy the property. Then you got to build these, these, mm-hmm. these units. So that's too expensive for the city's blood, and it's too expensive for an affordable housing developer. However, if we had the overlay and affordable housing could build a higher, 15 feet higher. We're not talking towers. We're talking going from 35 feet to 50 feet. That the price per unit would come down closer to about $600,000. Now an affordable housing developer could bid on that property and get it. They can't touch it now. So we need to make it more financially possible for affordable housing developers to be able to buy property in Cambridge, so that they can build more affordable housing, and this has become a very—it's been very controversial. And you know, West Cambridge, for example, um, they have about four—I forget the number—four thousand four hundred and something units of housing in West Cambridge. One. Are those those three towers you're talking about? No, that's that's not considered West Cambridge. So, it's 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 funny because that is West on a map. It, right? It, it it is West, but it's really more considered North. Than, okay. You know, but you're, I'm talking Huron Ave. Yeah. Observatory Hill, Mount Auburn Mount Auburn Street, Fresh Grattle Pond Street, Fresh Palm Parkway, Lexington Ave, those streets 1.7% of the housing in that neighborhood is considered affordable for low and middle income people. 1.7%. And part of the reason for that is that the zoning doesn't allow an affordable housing developer to buy anything there because that's, they that's can't well make below the state finances. average oh, right oh yeah cambridge the average in cambridge is just under 15% of affordable housing is that below the state average um you know it's hard to say i, I don't know what the state average is but i mean obviously it depends on what for communities city you are talking about a it's a, it's a pretty decent percentage it should be higher i'd like to see us get close you know to well, 20 25% for for
0: reference my my dad i believe he built his house in the mount auburn neighborhood for Probably ten thousand to fifty thousand dollars. It's an A-frame house. It's one of, I believe, seven hundred single-family homes in Cambridge, right? Mm, something like that. So wild. The house is now probably valued over a million dollars. Oh, easily.
1: Isn't that wild? You can't. You can't. You can't buy a fixer-upper in Cambridge for under a million dollars. It's nuts. And he lives right ab- right above Cochrane Park, mm-hmm.
0: which is also not deemed as like one of the highest rent areas in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. So it's just
1: wild how much the real estate value has boomed. Yeah. And so, you know, so the overlay is essentially to, in its simplest form, is a way to make it more financially viable for affordable housing to be built in the city. And we are doing it citywide because I believe, anyway, that... Um, this guy runs the studio. Hey, John, hey. we did it. How you doing, John? <laughs> um, you know, I believe that, that every neighborhood would benefit from having a, to be, of being inclusive and having a diverse population mm-hmm. in it. And... You know, we have you know we haven't built a wall around certain neighborhoods, but zoning, in some ways, we kind of been built. We've built an invisible wall. We have created neighborhoods that it's impossible to build for low-income people to live in, and that's not right. But it's it's in pockets in the city, though. It's in pockets.
0: If you look at a map, Cochrane Park is like three blocks from this beautiful neighborhood that's right right in between Mount Auburn and uh, Huron Ave. You know, that little neighborhood.
1: Yeah. So if you look at a map, and and we did we did map this out. And you look at where affordable housing is in Cambridge, there's a giant hole in the middle. There's almost none in mid Cambridge. There's almost none in the Agassiz neighborhood, and there's almost none in West Cambridge. Those neighborhoods are completely off limits. To, and a lot of, when I say low income people, I'm talking a single person. To qualify for these apartments as a single person, you have to make around $50,000 a year. So I'm not talking about people. Broke, bro. I'm, I'm not talking about people who are. You know, I'm not talking about someone who's homeless in front of yeah, 7 talking about someone my these age who just got an okay you know, job out of college. $50,000 a year is considered low income in Cambridge because it's so expensive to live here. So, you know, we're talking about working people. We're talking about teachers. We're talking about firefighters. I mean, when I grew up in Cambridge and probably when you were there, teachers could live in Cambridge. Firefighters could live in Cambridge. Police officers could live in Cambridge. Construction workers could live in Cambridge. Those are gone. They're, it's untouchable, right? The only people who are teachers who are still living in cambridge are because they're a second generation third generation and they've owned their house for a long time and they haven't sold it if you're a teacher now and you want to buy a house in cambridge forget it you cannot touch it
0: well for reference my uncle was a cambridge police officer he had to drive all the way from plymouth Mm. this is like maybe 10 15 years ago he had to drive from plymouth every day and then sleep on a cot in my dad's basement because he couldn't afford to live there, and that's a and he was servicing the community, and it's that's like... a hu-
1: that's a huge loss. I, I mean, because I want our police officers to be able to live in Cambridge because they know the community better. They're better. They you know they and walk and feel the, like they want to protect. Yeah, and serve you know they more. go to the grocery store and and you know and they and they connect with people. You know I want teachers to live here, um, and right now that is almost impossible. And so if we don't build more affordable housing for low and moderate income people have home ownership opportunities, as well as rental housing, then we're losing a a very important demographic to our city. Um, But there's a lot of resistance to this because there's a lot of people in Cambridge that say, I support affordable housing, but, and fill in whatever you want after the but. I support affordable housing, but the building's going to, literally, an email from someone who said, this is going to put a shadow on my tomato plants. I don't want it built. So you're prioritizing... Speak your beat the tom- shit out of them. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> people are entitled to their opinion. But, I mean, I will push back and say you are prioritizing your tomato plants over someone having an affordable place to live. So anything you put after that but means that affordable housing isn't your top priority. We need to be bold and we need to take this step and it needs to be every neighborhood in Cambridge that does something about it.
0: So I'm going to ask you a logistical question. Is everyone doing okay? Yeah, I'm good. Everyone great. How... D- so I get the ideas. I understand okay, this is what needs to happen. I agree with you on like a lot of this shit. Like this is dope. But how do you as the mayor actually go and get this type of shit right. done? Right.
1: So um the community development department, they're they're the department that does the zoning and well, they do a whole bunch of things, but zoning sort of falls under their purview. So the city council many years ago said, we want the community development department to look into an affordable housing overlay. What would that mean? What would it look like? Give us a proposal and then let us sort of debate it and figure out sort of what, bring it to the community and sort of figure out what will work and what won't. So it took them a while to do that, but they, they finally did. And that's what we're talking about now. So eventually, so, so we had this meeting last night and I only could stay for a little bit of it, but... Um, we're going to have a series of meetings where we're going to start to now. They put a proposal out. Here's what we think could work, and now people are saying. You know, there were over well over a hundred people at the meeting last night who said, "Well, I like this part of it. I don't like that part of it." You know, why are you only going to forty-five feet? Go to eighty feet. But you kind of other people there, said, right? "Other people said, why are you going to forty-five feet? Go to forty feet." You know, and so you, you kind of debate this out in the community, and eventually, the city council is going to have to vote, and we're going to have to make a decision. So, but so
0: the nine representatives of the city council you put a bill out saying hey listen i want to start building these affordable houses right great you guys vote on it hopefully you say yes for your agenda right right it it then passes yep where does the money come from to fund these
1: sorts of projects so now it's um now it's sort of and and this is the other thing is all we're doing with this overlay is making it possible for affordable housing developers to just get in the game doesn't guarantee anything those units i was talking about at 19.5 million you know an affordable housing developer if the overlay was there might make a bid on that but a private developer might come in and outbid them and the property gets sold and they become luxury units right so it doesn't guarantee but it makes it possible and right now it's impossible how do you get that done over two years though well, I mean that's you know, that's part of the hard part of having two year terms. Do you sleep, man? I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. Um oh, and why why what's your sleep schedule looking like? Four uh, or five hours? I mean, I probably go to sleep probably around two, two thirty in the morning and, you know, get up at eight. <laughs> You're sick. Um get and, some you know, help! and with you know, I have eight year old twins and um, you know, thank God my, my wife is like
0: Shout out to Miss McGovern. Yeah,
1: she uh You know, and my kids. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I went, I mean, this, the last two weeks, I have been home to put my eight-year-old twins to bed once, Um,
0: you know, which is fine. I mean, it's a
1: sacrifice we make. No one forces me to do this job. I love this job. I work really hard to get reelected so I can keep doing this job. Um, But, you know, I mean, we do have personal lives, too. And, and, you know, know, if we didn't have, you hear politicians all the time say, you know, my family support and people kind of think it's just, it it is, it is very hard on my, my, my wife and my kids that I get to do this and I'm grateful that they let me do it. Do you feel like you're getting like four and a half, five and a half hours of sleep? Do you think you're, you would
0: be more precise and productive if you got like a a solid seven eight hours? No. Come on. No.
1: You're a human man. That's, 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 you know, that's what, uh, soda's for and. Chocolate and energy How about drinks, the
0: space juice coffees. I,
1: I, you know, I never, I don't like coffee. I I've never had a, even like mocha ice cream. Like I've just never had a, never had a taste for it. You've never had coffee, or you I just mean, I, don't I, like I it? mean, I have tasted coffee before, and to find out that I don't like it. Um, but um, you know, maybe maybe if I try one of these, you know, coffee drinks that aren't really a coffee drink. But I'm not sure I need to. I'm not sure I need to add another uh, caffeine to my, uh, another source of caffeine to my diet. Caffeine's I mean, godsend. Yeah.
0: Well. Right? Yeah. Oh, but Duncan's. Hey, listen, Starbucks, cut that check, cousin. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, this is actually a good segue because I go to uh, Starbucks, unidentified location, because it's where I do most of my editing. So I don't want anybody to know about it. But the manager over there, shout out to Chris, said, dude, ask the mayor why there's only one drive through in all of Cambridge. And it's and it's the Duncans in Fresh Pond. Is there some sort of rule? Because they want to make that a drive through that one right on Memorial
1: Drive. Mm. Um, no, I don't think, no. I can't think of any specific rule. Um,
0: there is really only one or two drive-throughs in the whole city.
1: Yeah. Is that McDonald's across from Central? Across, across a, the Middle East, excuse me. Not a drive-thru. Um, there is Burger King. On Concord Ave, oh. towards Belmont, that's a drive-through. Oh, that's there's that's the Cambridge Dun- there. Yeah, that's Cambridge. There's a Dunkin' Donuts on Fresh Pond Parkway, Alway Park Parkway. That's a drive-through. Um, yeah, there really, they're there's, really no there's no legislation. I no, I, I don't know. I think I uh, think I'm gonna concentrate on public ho- uh, yeah, you know, sure, housing yeah. for people rather than spend a lot of time on uh, getting more drive-throughs in Cambridge. So, hey, man, we're trying to win hey, votes trying, out here. We're trying to, you know, <laughs> we're trying to get people out of their cars, so it's probably good they have to walk. Yeah. Hey, anything for a vote. <laughs>
0: um, There's a... What do you think... So we've talked a lot about issues that affect, like, 40 to 50-year-olds. How about people our age? I'm 23 years old. Yep. What should we actually care about? Yeah. And, like, why would you personally incentivize, like, one of us, who, if we lived in Cambridge to go vote for you on passing an issue for us
1: well you know one of the highest growing populations in cambridge is that sort of you know 25 to 30 Mm -hmm. you know group the decisions that we make in city council impact who gets to live in our city and so you're going to need affordable housing at some point right i mean hopefully you know you'll this is for, like, you're people being, graduating from Harvard graduate schools, yeah, too, should yeah, be listening. Right, right. So, you know, graduate students, um, you know, people who are entering the, the workforce, um, you know, you're going to need an affordable place to live. And so, you know, there'll be an election coming up, and there'll be some people, some counselors who aren't going to vote for an overlay to expand affordable housing. And there'll be some of us not only voting for it but are leading, um, and you'll have a decision to make, you know. And that's a, that may not directly affect you if you're 22 or 23 and you're still living with your parents and, but it's going to affect you when you know, you're 25, 26 and you're out on your own and you want to live in Cambridge and you so, can't. So rent. So a... rent, so rent, right. Um, we launched a, I launched a, this will be interesting to you. Um, the mayor's commission, uh, arts task force to look oh. at how do we support artists in our city? This is big. And, I got a lot of questions on this mayor. Uh, Give him your sales pitch. Yeah. Man. No. So, so, you know, Cambridge used to be, um, and in some ways still is, but certainly not the way it used to be, a mecca for the arts. And that has changed. As Middle prices, East. Uh, the Middle East is still there. But, you know, eventually, I mean, eventually the Satyrs are going to want to retire, and something's going to happen to that property, right? Mm. Um, Shout out Sonia. Uh, you know, the EMF building, which I don't, I don't know if you looked into this, but this was a big issue. So the EMF building was on Brookline Street. It was a low-rent rehearsal space. So you had some folks that were producing there you had bands that Mm -hmm. were rehearsed there um and that building the owner of that building is this elderly guy who lives i think in ohio and he sold that building to a private developer right which was his right to do he got the highest you know he took Mm -hmm. the highest bid businessman um and that developer Evicted everybody. Is that that brick building you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. So that developer, so like one block up from the Middle East. Pretty much, yeah. A yeah. Couple blocks. Of, so that developer evicted everybody because he's not going to run. He just bought. He just spent four million dollars, five million dollars to buy the building. He's, he's going to spend condos, another. Right? He's going to spend another couple million dollars to renovate it. He's not going to run low. You know, low rent artist space. So all those people got kicked out. Uh, it's it's. It's probably going to be some kind of commercial, like, you know, office space or something. So that was a huge issue in the city. I tried to have the city look into l- buying the space back from this gentleman. Um, city didn't want to do that. I then said, okay, well, what if we can enter into a lease agreement where we'll lease it from him for 20 years. We'll pay him, you know, whatever he wants for rent, but we'll we'll keep it. So you You can't in
0: that situation say, "Yo, this is gonna totally damage the younger arts community." You can't really
1: say no, right? I I mean, you know, I mean, I know it's you know, I know people you know get frustrated when you say this, and I'm not saying that it's it's right or, you know, there is a private real estate market. You cannot stop somebody who has private property. People have private property rights. You cannot stop someone who has private property from selling their property to whoever they want can't stop the capitalist man you know and and you know you know so people are saying well well he should just do it because it's the right thing to do i would love that i would love that but asking he's not a philanthropist he's a businessman and so asking him to invest six million dollars and lose that money he's not going to do that right you could you tax him though well he' yeah, he will I mean he'll pay taxes um and just grab some of that bread and you know throw it so into so so I asked the city to to first I asked to see if we could buy the building that was a no-go then it was could we lease the building the city went in they did an inspection the building was in really rough shape this is one of those issues that there's a conflict between mm-hmm. the council and the city manager so the city manager looked at it and basically said we're not gonna we would have to invest you know too much money in getting the building up to code we're not going to do it I wish the answer was different to that. I, I tried to push for that, but at the end of the day, it's the city manager's decision. So those folks all had to go somewhere else, right? Um, so what came from that, though, what I could control as the mayor was I said, let's put a task force together of local artists, um, an elected official, councillor Alana Mallon, who's on the city council. I put her in charge of it, um, has some city people on it some real estate people on it, artists on it, some folks from the universities. Let's bring all the stakeholders together to talk about how we can do a better job to support the arts and artists in the city. And some things have come from that already. We... we. There used to be a forty dollars fee for street performers to get a permit. We eliminated that; it's all free now. What if the music's trash? Well, hey, you know what? It's <laughs> art, right? Um, Whoa, we had a fine we, line. We had a. Um, I there, get a lot of DMs, man. Trust there, me. There, there was a there was an ordinance that one percent of construction projects done by the city were supposed to go to the arts. That wasn't really followed. We reinvigorated that. So, for example, there's a we're building a new school building. It's going to cost two hundred and fifty million dollars. One percent of that two hundred and fifty million dollars will be specifically dedicated to the arts in Cambridge. So, how much is that? Um, two point five mil. Yeah, something like that. All right, I am not going to do the math mil, Whatever. Uh, Whatever. Um, it. Whatever. But you know, so so that came, you know, that that came out of that task force. So we we are so that's something I think young people and certainly people who are listening to you, you know, we're trying right, but it's 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 an uphill battle. I mean, Cambridge is a very desirable place to live. Prices are insane, and you know, we can't always do everything that that, that we want to do. I think more than anything, what's gonna, what's
0: important is that local government is just totally transparent. You know, I think given the election, the presidential election, you know, people are starting my age, starting to care more because yep. it was such a polarizing election. Yep. I think people can cut through bullshit much easier now. I mean, you're being totally transparent, which I appreciate. I just think that that's just a vital. Because people are like, okay, this is what's going to happen.
1: This is kind of how it has to happen. Great. Right. And, you know, th- there is – speaking as a – so, you know, as an elected official, there is a risk, right? And because – transparent. Yeah. Because I'm very straightforward. I tell people what I think. I give them – you know, when we met with the artists from the EMF building – who were really upset about being evicted. Oh
0: I saw Oh I think I saw that video. It's yeah. a long video, right? Yeah.
1: So you had some city councilors that show up at rallies and they give these impassioned speeches, right? But they did absolutely nothing to try and save the building. They gave a great speech and a lot of those folks love those councilors because they were I was very straight with them. And I said, here's what we're going to be able to do, here's what we're not going to be able to do. And they were less happy with me, even though I was actually the one who was trying to do something to, mm-hmm. to actually help them. But I was – I didn't give them – I didn't blow smoke up their butt. I didn't lie to them. Yeah. I didn't – I said, look, this is – I can't – you know, these and, – and that – now a lot of those folks are not happy with me, right? Um, I could have played the game. I could have, you know, I could have, you know, told them things that weren't true. I could have promised them things that I couldn't deliver. Um, I could have – Bad business, you know, man. But that's not honest. That's not honest. And so. But there's some times where I've I've noticed that
0: if you want to be persuasive, you, you do as a politician have to bend the truth a
1: little bit. I think there's a difference between, you know, there are certain things you focus on maybe more than others that that support your position but you've got to be honest with people even you also if, don't want to fear monger people though you no know what i'm saying no and, and ex- there are people that do that on the other you know people who do that too that are being dishonest in a different way mm-hmm. you know um and we're you know we're seeing a little bit of that in this overlay conversation you know you've got some folks that are putting out flyers saying if this passes there's going to be a 19 story building built on concord ave it's 45 feet like that's a, just a straight out lie And meant to scare people into coming out against something. That's not good either. So we all have to be honest. We all have to be upfront, even if what we say is not going to make us the most popular. But I'd rather, you know, have someone who's telling me the truth. Um, But again, as an elected official, that's a risk, right? Um, Because, you know, people don't like to be told things they don't want to hear, even if it's the truth.
0: Well, well, for instance, also, like, I also don't want to get totally grim with things, but like there have been murders in cambridge yeah. frequently you don't you don't want to go about it on a press end being like there might be a, someone out here who could kill you you don't want to inject fear into the market you know what i'm saying yeah
1: but you, again you you be honest with people i mean we cambridge crime is at a 60 year low in cambridge um we have had a couple murders in our city we average one or two a year i mean M- so mostly gun deaths correct um usually Usually, I mean, there's, there's been an uptick in gun activity, not necessarily leading to injury or death. Um, so there's certainly guns on our streets that we, we have to, you know, do something about. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, for a city of 110 to 15,000 people, um, all living on top of each other, <laughs> I um, you, I know, you know, you we, know, we do a pretty, we do, it's a very safe city and we do, we do a good job. Um, but again, one death is too many, right? So and and so. I'm so saying, like, what do you tell the parents? Like, yeah, you know, we had a there was a gentleman who was killed up at uh, Danny, Danny Park. Danny Park.
0: Sixty um, year old dude, man, just someone out of nowhere attacked the shit out of. Well, this guy. we don't. We
1: don't. It's it's interesting. They have very little leads. He was a this big guy. dude. He was six foot six. He was a big and dude. and he was hit with something on the top of his head. Blunt
0: force in the back. Yeah, was- you know.
1: So, you know. How a six foot six guy gets hit on the top of—I mean, it, it's a very tough case. Jenny
0: Park is in an, an okay area. It's yeah, like it's a normal it's, park. Yeah,
1: I mean, it, there's there's very little um, criminal activity. What, what, what unless, do you think? Unless, when you're gonna... unless you, you know, underage drinking—if you consider that a, uh, illegal yeah, activity—there's yeah, plenty of that. But no, you got to stop blocking my boys up. yeah uh, sorry. <laughs> um, but we had a community meeting and people about this this murder, mm-hmm. and somebody said, you know.
0: What do you think when you get a call like that? Like, yo, someone was just killed in your city.
1: Like, what is that like? Yeah, no, it's it's horrible. I mean, you do you feel an obligation? You're like, Sh- shit. Yeah, no, it's horrible. And you want to find out why. You want to make sure that, um, you know, whoever uh, committed the crime is apprehended and caught. You certainly feel terrible for, you know, the victim's family. I know, and but do, friends, you, do you but... feel an
0: obligation? Like, damn, like that? this is my city. This is going on in my city.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I. I mean, I. You know, I take this job very personally.
0: It keeps you up at night.
1: Yeah, it does. Um, you know, we we, uh, we're about our police department is going to start a cold case unit. I saw. I read that. Yeah. So, because we have a number of cases that are unsolved, um, that we have, you know, we have to focus on. Um, but yeah, no, anything that happens. I mean, we have, you know, we have people hit, you know, bicyclists, right? A lot of young people. You want to talk about issues that. You know, young people care about it. You're lot not catching me people, on a bike, Mayor. A, a lot of young people, you know, that, that, you know there's an uptick in... The car ownership in Cambridge has been declining every year for 10 years. Bike ridership is going up. Um, so, you know, how do we... New lanes. I've seen the new lanes. New, new bike, safe bike infrastructure. That's another issue I've been leading on. We just passed a first of its kind of the country ordinance that requires the city when they're doing a major street renovation to put in a separated bike lane. Um, you know, we're trying to create a network. Where people can bike safely from one end of the city to the other without fear of getting hit by a car, um, you know, there's there's those, those uh, that's terrible. I mean, someone goes out, you know, they're on their way home from work. They're going out, you know, to take a ride, and they don't come home. I mean, that's how can you not be moved by that and impacted it's, by that?
0: It's tough, though. I mean, you are essentially you have the responsibility of a hundred ten thousand people. So it's like you know, humans are imperfect there's gonna be fuck-ups along the way excuse Mm -hmm. my language again don't don't know how to replace the vocabulary very well that's all
1: right listen
0: i'm going in here because i just want to make sure i hit on everything that everyone asked me for
1: if you guys are tight on time just let me know i I understand i got time i love talking about our city um but i do just while you're looking at that for yet for younger voters out there the decisions you know i know that we all focus on the presidential races um and obviously, extremely important, and we need to turn out in 2020. Who, who has? Who are you endorsing? Um, you know? I have not made a decision yet. Obviously, I have a very close relationship with Elizabeth Warren. I was going to say Warren. Um, you know, we, we, Har- ex Harvard professor. Yeah, um, we we've known each other. I'm obviously very impressed with her and uh, and her positions, and and I think she would be great. Um, maybe she'll say hey come on my cabinet man well you know yeah, come I, I'm, on, I'm, 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 I'm happy staying local at this point yeah right um, but, uh, um, but whoever gets the, the, the nomination Democratic nomination I really hope people line up behind that person primaries are ugly they're family fights right and and you know and there there's a purpose for them I mean if you look at you know how Bernie Sanders has pushed the agenda left that is fantastic um but at the end of the day, whoever gets that nomination, we all have to line up behind, whether it's our person or not, because he, he, he who shall not be named cannot Voldemort. get a He's second Voldemort. I've, I've said that I refuse to call him President Trump until he starts behaving like one, and I'm still <laughs> waiting. Um, You're pissed. So, uh, he, uh, you know, there have been a lot of presidents... That I have disagreed with, right? I didn't agree with everything Obama did. We had different feelings. We, I had different positions than him on education. Obama's um, just a cool dude, though. That's why but, kids our age. Can but you know, no to him, gonna, you know, no one's going to no one's going to agree with anybody a hundred percent of the time. Um, Donald Trump is a truly evil human being, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, tr- uh, you know, this isn't just about policy difference. This is a person who is going out of his way. To divide this country, to make this country even more racist than it already is, to attack people who uh, are the most vulnerable and underrepresented, um, he—you know—this isn't just policy differences that I have with him. I—I, I, you know, he, I think he, that he is just a lousy human being. Do,
0: do you think that that's been heightened by by the mass media exposure he has, or do you
1: think it's developed? Th- through his campaign through his I, presidency, I, I, and I think he's always been. I mean, you look back at his record. Now we're just seeing it at a on a bigger scale because he's you know in the White House. But um, you know what what he has done has really uh, has really hurt people. And 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 you know, and he's incredibly. And you talk, go back to the honesty piece. The people that he that support him, his diehard people, he's not helping them either. This isn't a guy that's bringing jobs back to the Rust Belt like he said he was going to do. He he makes all his stuff overseas himself. Right, He doesn't even follow – he doesn't even bring his own – build his own products here. Um, so I, even the I, people – he's taken health care away. All those factory workers benefited from the Affordable Care Act because they didn't have insurance before or people who were working – a waitress in a diner somewhere in middle America. He wants to take their insur- – I mean he – and why these people sort of follow him even though he is actively working against their self – their interests, I don't get it. But he – he, Yeah. Can I? I think I've said enough on yeah. that. I'll probably have get audited this year. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're
0: getting... No, the, the feds are showing up to your crib. Yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> 17 Pleasant Street,
0: come get me. Uh, so, question. The one thing I think that Donald Trump has done effectively is, one, he's brought to light the polarity in the U.S., mm-hmm. but... He is. He has such a big ego that he has made moves that no other president has. And mind you, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. Dude did go to North Korea and meet with Kim Jong Un. Do you think in a president we do need some sort of like thrust forward fortitude like that? I'm just. I'm just trying to play two sides yeah.
1: here. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's complicated. I think he. Yes, he went. He did
0: do it. He did get it done. Well, what did he get done? He had a meeting. He he went face to face with someone who was revered as a villain for years. Right,
1: and and I would point out too that when there was talk about Obama doing that, Donald Trump was out there saying it would be a you know a, a treasonous for a president to meet with a dictator, and here he is doing it. The guy is just a liar. Um, <laughs> he he you should, is. You should square up with him. He... <laughs> Catch no, the fade. No, no comment. Um, <laughs> You know, no, we, we, I am not advocating any type of violence or anything. Um, That'd be big pay per view, though. You know what? The we 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 get it back at the ballot box, and and that's how we do it. Um, we did that in the midterm elections with 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 the with the uh, with uh, House of Representatives. The map for the Senate elections coming up is very favorable to Democrats. I think we're going to get the Senate back, uh, and then we take the White House back in in twenty twenty. Um, you know but again it's going to mean that no matter how much you love your candidate if you are you know a bernie bro as they're called and you love bernie if bernie is not the nominee out of the democratic party you have got to get out and vote for whoever it is because it is a privilege position for someone to say oh i'm just going to stay home and not vote because a lot of the people who do that are not the people that are being impacted by this president that we have right now Well, don't whine if you don't vote about what's going on yeah i mean i've had some mm-hmm. i've had some heated conversations with some of my friends who um you know live out in california who were like well you know bernie didn't win i'm not going to vote and you know again i'm not hillary won california so i, I don't know if their vote would have mattered or not mattered, hillary also in massachusetts um, and won massachusetts but you know anybody who who didn't, in a swing state, any Democrat in a swing state who didn't vote because their candidate didn't win the primary, when last time it was, you know, just two people, um, you know, take a trip down to the border and apologize to all those mothers that are separated from their kids who are now in cages. Because, you know, it's a very... They're putting kids in cages? They're putting kids in cages. They're separating kids from families and they're putting them in detention centers and the detention centers are giant... Cages okay. and there are giant kids. cages.
0: You understand? What, okay. Well, I mean, I got okay.
1: I it. You want to split hairs on cages? <laughs> go ahead, but um, well, I mean, I just want to make sure. It's be, not a cage, this side, you know, like and they're and being they're like being separated. They're being separated from their families. They they they're they're, they're being mistreated. Um, and you know, if you were in a swing state and you didn't vote uh, because you weren't hundred percent behind Hillary, you know, it's not your kid that's being taken away. You know, and so it is a privilege to vote and and it is something it is a responsibility and if you are really upset about the way this country is going, then you get out and do something about it, regardless of who wins the Democratic primary.
0: I feel you. Go vote. Definitely. And when is
1: your election? Uh this no coming November. Oh, is it it's also with the presidential, it's all at the same time? No, we're we're at the off year. So the president election oh, is in twenty twenty. Yeah, so we're two thousand nineteen.
0: Okay. Okay, so listen,
1: first off I gotta make sure we shout out all the Cambridge artists.
0: I'm I gotta get everyone hip to these, okay? Cambridge has a lot of great artists. Yes. There's a young man named Fast Coop. He's from Jefferson Park. Okay. Listen to Fast Coop. Fast Coop. Right, all- write it down, Luis. Um there's a, a young man who just came up, his name's Conis. Connis, shout out to Connis. He's uh I think he's from the central area area. But there's a there's an advocate, and I actually have never met Millie's in person. His name is Millie's. Are you familiar? Oh, right, oh, yeah. So Millie's is doing a lot. He, he's he raised the conversation. He says it's no longer Boston music; it's mass music. Hmm. So he's doing a lot. Shout out to Millie's. Shout out to Millie's. Let's get him in. And and then there's a yeah, that would definitely be somebody you could link with. Um, who am I missing? K okay, Merck. He opened. So I threw a, a big show at the Middle East this summer. Nice. Hold it out. Whoa. Downstairs, not upstairs. <laughs> yeah. K-Mark opened the show. Who else we got here? Okay. I just want to make sure I get it on everything. Okay, first off, my dad said, you're buddies with Marjorie Decker. I am. Shout out to Marjorie
1: Decker. Yep. Yeah. We went to high school together. Mind you, my dad's time. a big union guy. He knows what's yeah. going on. Yep, yeah. I'm a big union guy too. Shout out to Susanna Sagat. You don't know Susanna D. She used to be on the school committee. I never served with her, but came on after her.
0: I remember that that when the Baldwin stuff went down, yeah, it was it was that for the most part. Yeah,
1: I went to Agassiz. Oh, did you? Yeah, which became the Baldwin. Yeah. So
0: here's here's another question: You guys leave here, right? Just had the best interview of all time. What what are you doing? Like when you leave here?
1: The rest of my day. I don't know what the rest of the day looks like. Putting up a lot of bullshit. we have a i know we're we're meeting with a couple different uh um we're, what do I have for today we're meeting with somebody who um there's a group that's opened a um uh not really a restaurant it's sort of like a cafe i guess where they are um uh serving homeless people and they're hiring homeless people so we're gonna talk with them um we have an event a little bit later with the Chamber of Commerce to talk about business in the city um there's a I think there's a transportation committee meeting today. Um, Are you guys together twenty four seven? No, not not, not quite. But we spend a lot of time together. I have a a great staff. Um, You know, I sort of, you know, they tell me where to go, and 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 we kind of go through the day.
0: Um, Luis needs a raise. You made a good move, man. (laughs) Yeah. No. uh, Who who would give you a raise? Would you just like request it via the state?
1: No, I I would give him the raise.
0: Hook it up, mayor. What are you doing, man? How do you raise your own
1: salary? Uh, I don't.
0: Um, Couldn't you pass a bill saying, "Hey, like you've certain leverage saying, with the city manager, saying, hey, 'Hey, I'm getting paid X amount of dollars a year. Next year, I want to get a, a twenty grand raise.'" I mean,
1: there's you know, the legislature just did pay raises for the state legislature just voted pay raises for themselves. We have something that the council did years ago, long before my time, where um, we get a uh, we get an automatic raise based on inflation, cost of living. Uh, raise every year so that we don't, I mean, nobody wants to vote to give themselves more money. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say, not a very popular (laughs) thing to do. Um, It's fire though. If you you have the power to do it, it's fire. Well, you know, I mean, I do think, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because a lot of people say, oh, you know, you're a public servant, you should be doing this for free. But I mean, I got bills to pay too. And if, and if you do it for free or you don't pay your public officials a lot of money, who do you get to run for office? You get rich people who don't need the money to support their family, and that's not a very representative group of people. I mean, I need this salary to pay bills. You yeah, know,
0: I I also think that people probably they think that the mayor is in a position much like the president, where the president everything's kind of paid for already based on their day to day. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, you know, the mayor. The per,
1: I mean, the perk we get, the perk I get, um, you know, from the city is I get a car for the two years, so I don't I don't the, pay for RAV4? At Rav Four, and so I th- got a very modest car. I didn't get anything. So, you know, my son was like, "Get a Tesla." I know, like, "No, dude, I'm not that getting a Tesla." I'm on fire. <laughs> you know, I'm not. You've sure been the tax- swaggest mayor. I don't, ever. I don't think the taxpayers would appreciate my getting a Tesla. I got a nice Rav Four. You know, Mayor, you got you got to put a hubcap on that thing, though. Oh, I got a flat, <laughs> so um, so it's got the little donut on on, on it right now. But we're, they're, hopefully, they're going to fix it today. But but uh, you know, but this is you know, there has to be a balance between you know, you don't want elected officials getting paid so much that you know it's costing taxpayers a lot of money. But on the other hand. You got to get paid something because it's a lot of work, and um, you know we have some elected officials in Cambridge that have two jobs, and it's they have to have two jobs because they need to earn money to support their family. Um, So you know, but voting to give yourself a raise is never something that uh, an elected official wants to do. If I was mayor, I'd probably give myself a fat salary. Yeah. Keep it a- well, now that you've said that publicly, you <laughs> probably will never have the opportunity to be mayor. So. Well, well, I'm going to keep it a buck with you.
0: One thing you don't know about me, mayor, is I'm a marketing guru. All right. And so we could run an effective campaign. I won't face you, but whoever the ops are right now, we'll take them on. All right. Who's the youngest person? In, uh, I'm not currently a resident of Cambridge, oh, but okay. I, but I spend some time with my father. All right. You getting nervous?
1: Uh, not really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so... Uh, how do you run an effective local campaign
1: yeah it's a lot of just personal contact you know it's door-to-door
0: um what'd you do on social media for it so because you 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 you're not popping right now we got to get your stuff up Luis. that his instagram needs work man
1: yeah no (laughs) my instagram is is not that great um you know so there's two things i mean there's there's um, we have a pretty good, uh, I think, a very good uh, Twitter feed for the mayor's office. That's not a campaign thing because I can't, you know, there are laws. I can't use, can't use my city staff to do campaign activities for me, so I don't do that. Um, so I have a sort of a personal twitter feed kind of like st- trump has mark the president gov.
0: and then he has the donald trump when he
1: spazzes on. Right. so so i have you know at mark gov which is my personal thing which i put out you got lucky my with the last time, huh yeah uh McGovern. and then we have and then we have a cambridge underscore mayor which is the just got official, the show which is the official mayor's uh twitter account um so yeah i mean we gotta you know so there's certainly social media there's a lot of door knocking um you know, visibility is really important. I mean, that name recognition is important. We, we try to put up a lot of lawn signs so people... You know, is your face know on the name. sign? No, no. That's a little too much.
0: Uh, I got to be honest with you. I feel like it'd be more
1: effective. I think it'd be a little creepy, though. I, I, I'm i not sure... I, you know, it's weird enough to drive around the city and see your name all over the place, but looking at my... For looking you. At, looking at my mug on these on these signs, it'd be, you know... I don't know. It's, but marketing-wise, it works. I'm I, telling I, I, you. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It'd make, make me a little little uncomfortable I'm just
0: gonna show you what we've done with, with the Instagram, which has grown a lot, and then we're gonna do it for you too. We put up the face on the side. there's nothing nice. more marketable than a face man, yeah,
1: yeah you're yeah gonna, you're gonna
0: have an arrow through your head next. are you okay. familiar with avatar yeah that, that's how we're <laughs> theming this season, yeah,
1: so um you know so it's it's a lot of door knocking it's you do house parties, you know you get somebody you know. Your dad's a big union guy. Your dad wants to throw me a house party. I'd love to have one there. I'm a big, big union guy too. What happens at uh, this party? So you, you invite neighbors. You invite friends. I come over. I talk to them. I talk about my agenda, and I hopefully uh, that sounds get boring, them to to, You want to well, get the know, bottles popping, man? You know, sometimes telling? you know it depends, right? It depends. Some you know, there's sometimes there's some alcohol flowing, and, <laughs> and um, you know they used to be called coffees, but they're not, it's not always coffee that gets served there. Um, Whoa. and so, uh, so it could be fun. Um, but you know, you do those, you, you know, it's, it's really about connecting with people obviously. And, and, uh, uh, especially on the local level. And that's actually one of the greatest parts of it. I mean, I love the door knocking because you meet so many people. And even though I grew up in Cambridge and I, I feel comfortable in every neighborhood of the city, I still find little nooks and crannies. That I'm like, wow, I didn't know this was here, you know? Um, so I, I love doing that. And, uh, And that's people, you know, people like to have someone knock on their door. Well, I wouldn't say they always like to have someone knock on their door. But, you know, when they get to meet the person, you know, who's running, I think people appreciate that. So there's one policy I wanted to at least discuss with
0: you before we end about the potentiality of it getting done. So Boston's entertainment market is very small. There are there's not a lot of money for artists. That's going to happen over time. You know, I think I got really lucky with the show, to be honest with you, because I think in three, four years that much like sports teams in Boston, it's such the camaraderie in the city so thick that next is entertainment. Mm. But I think that in the city, Cambridge specifically, I don't know if this is a state level law, people need to be able to drink later Mm -hmm. because people want to enjoy music drunk and they want to be able to get a drink whenever they want. How do you pass that, and do you agree with that?
1: So we could, I mean, that is a local issue to a large extent. So right, right now, you
0: can't drink past what eleven.
1: No, um, Cambridge bars are one o'clock and then two o'clock on Fridays and Saturdays. Okay, it's not terrible. So, so you can get, you know, you can get, you can get a license to, uh, for two o'clock. Um, you know, again, like anything else, it's a big city, right? And so there had been talk about extending. Liquor licenses, uh, a restaurant uh, being open till three or or past three, um, you know, depending on where that where you live, there are people who like that idea and people who don't like that idea. Well, if, couldn't
0: you just keep Harvard Square and Central Square open
1: later? You could, you could. I mean, you know, that would that might put, you know, that's a little hard to do because you know you got bars and restaurants in Porter and Kendall, and I, I wouldn't want to disadvantage you know mm-hmm. certain businesses um that's of the nightlife so Cambridge so it's is. you know I, I mean i think you'd have to just level the playing field and, and make it available to anybody um but yeah i mean it, it it's popped up as conversations every once in a while it, it hasn't um you know uh you know we can certainly explore it it, it hasn't been you know what I'm the saying top though, of right? my agenda but 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 yes i mean it, you know how do you and that would that, you know, maybe that's something the, the arts task force can um, actually their next meeting. And I don't know the date off the top of my head, but they're looking at licensing. Could you so see I, that I being be, effective? I would, I would I wouldn't I would be very surprised if this didn't come up.
0: OK, could you see it being effective?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think I, I think it could. Um, You know, I mean, again, you, you know, you know, Cambridge is probably is a, the ca- biggest, ca- you know, Cambridge is a city. We're the fourth largest city in Massachusetts, you know, one of the most densely populated cities, and people love living in Cambridge for all the things that cities bring. Mm-hmm. But then they're like, "Oh, but yeah, can you can you can you shut everything down at eight o'clock because that's when I go to bed?" You know, doesn't really work that way. So I, I think it's certainly something worth exploring. Um, and uh, you know, you're talking about an hour difference. I don't, you know, I mean, it, it, the benefit of that to the to the arts community and to the businesses the restaurants is probably far greater than the inconvenience it would be you know to people who live around i mean i live right in the middle of central square i get people walking by in the summer my windows are open and you know when, Kids the are bars, tossed, when man. bars get out you know i actually I, I i kind of enjoy it it's i hear all kinds of really well, <laughs> hysterical things you like the chaos um you gotta like you know, the chaos to i be the mayor, I, right? I love i love living in the city and I, I grew up in central square i live in central square um I think it's great. And, uh, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't, uh, off the top, wouldn't be opposed to it, now. Okay. Also, weed. So if we do that, you got to come in and testify as to why it's a good idea. Well,
0: I think me and you can, we'll just go get loose at a bar one night. We'll bring. Yeah, well,
1: those days for me are
0: gone, I hate mm, to tell you. Yeah, right, man. You're dealing with a lot of stress. <laughs> so, weed. Weed. It's another big issue. Yes. They want to start a dispensary. Yes. Right next to the Star Market in Mount Auburn. yes we like that do we yes. not like that we yes. do
1: yes i have been very uh out in front of medical marijuana when it came out and also recreational um i, I wrote the zoning for medical marijuana dispensaries that is was adopted in cambridge um and have been working uh, with uh counselors on the recreational or the adult use as well um cambridge will officially we, we passed an ordinance um that would allow recreational dispensaries to start to open or at least petition to open and that that goes into effect on 420 um that was um well, that, was oh, that, was that was my doing that was my doing you're sick uh, they were like well we can get this we get this ordinance up and running sometime in april and i said well there's no better date than 420 mm-hmm. so so that so recreational adult use shops can start Petitioning uh, to open in Cambridge On April 20th It's going to be huge man Everyone yeah, smokes you know And it's you know it, it's I mean, That that ship has sailed A long time ago Do you um, smoke Quick question honestly That ship has sailed A long time <laughs> wow. ago Wow um, uh, Again It's legal man It is legal And you know Those days for me <laughs> Trust me when you turn 50 You can't do what you used to do um, You'd be surprised I know so, some adults
0: Still hitting the peyote man
1: Yeah well I don't know, man. I don't. I don't bounce back the way I used to. So, um, but you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deny you know my past either. Um, hey, you you getting so, lit? So, you went to UMass, man. You know, it, it's it's. uh, So I've been out in front of that. Um, I, It's going to bring a lot of revenue to the city. We're we're looking at right now that the city council has asked the city manager to invest twenty million dollars a year in affordable housing specifically, Um, and. You know, without raising property taxes, which yeah, in know. more business too. So you yeah. know, I'm, I mean, I'm am pu- pushing to allocate one percent of our Airbnb tax, which we're now allowed to tax, and one percent of our adult use marijuana tax, uh, to go specifically to affordable housing. Um, that that will get us close to where we want to be. And See that, some That's other what kids are going to
0: understand after listing this. So they
1: they get that. You know, so so this is going to be a great revenue stream, and I want to uh, you know I want to make sure it goes to to. Uh, things that uh, you know services that are really going to help the underserved Um, you know we're looking a lot at the equity um, applicants to make sure that we are prioritizing uh, communities and individuals who have been who have been negatively impacted by the war on drugs to help them get their businesses up and running it's very hard because it's really expensive um, to open a, a pot shop I mean it's not yeah, there's a the lot of requirements. The cast, I right. mean, all the the red tape and the requirements, and, and you know, it's very very difficult. You need a lot of money. Um,
0: You'll so, be there at the opening, though. if That one opens the Star Market, right?
1: I will, and I've met with them, the the, the two young men from Cambridge. Who I want to get them up open here. That'd be great. Yeah, no, you should get you should get them in. So, um, so yeah, so you know, those those will be coming, and and I think that that's a good thing, and and I worked hard to to help make that happen. Fire,
0: literally. <laughs> so, uh. Quick little blip. What what are your favorite restaurants in Cambridge?
1: Uh, Favorite restaurants in Cambridge. Uh, (laughs) I go to ABC Pizza in Central Square almost every day. Um, It's a little pizza shop. I know. I'm aware Uh, of it. It has the blocks, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So I've been eating there since like... When they opened in 1972, do they have a Mayor <laughs> Pizza
0: yet? They have a Mayor McGovern like slice. no, they don't,
1: man. They need a Mayor McGovern yeah. sub. Yep. I got I got to work on them that That'd be um, fire. again. A lot of I, the Phoenix Landing in Central is awesome. That that, uh, that apparently is the only Liverpool bar it, in. Yeah, yep. Um My son is a big Liverpool fan. Um, oh, he goes I'm there. A Liverpool fan too. They have great chili. I'm not a big bean eater. They have chili without beans. It's really good. Um, a bean I, 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 beans and coffee don't do <laughs> it for me. What can I tell you? Um, so Phoenix Landing, I go to a lot. Armando's Pizza in West Cambridge, and rest in Charlie's peace to Mr. Armando, passed away. Char- Char- yeah, yeah, that was a big loss. Um, Charlie's Kitchen in, in, in Harvard go? Square. Um, you been to Charlie's yet? I'll take you after. No, you gotta, you gotta go to Charlie's. Burgers smacking.
0: Yeah, double cheeseburger special, fries, no salad. Someone said they didn't like it because it's very claustrophobic,
1: but I right. think it's par- part of the it's intimacy. part of the charm. I mean, and I mean, it used to be, you know, you, you know, people talk about Durgan Park with, that just closed and how the waitresses were like, you know, really tough. And I mean, Charlie's used to be like that. And you know, Are you I mean, familiar you know, with Patties and the cut? And I, I, yeah, I, I love Patties. I'll bring you over to Patties, man. Yeah, I, I, I love Patties. Um, Elizabeth Warren loves Patties. Uh, she had never seen her over yeah, there, Yeah, She goes there all the time. <laughs> she never She she does. She does. She she does. My dad is there. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah, I was uh, actually I was just there. Uh there was a memorial for a woman who passed away who was good friends of with Ruth. With Ruth. And uh and that she she held a memorial. I was just I was just there last week. Um You like so, Mama Goose? I do like Mama Goose. Sh- honey mustard
0: I, chicken finger subs sma- kill you, right? Uh, Fire, bro.
1: Yeah. Um I'm a goose so, cut that I mean, check. This, hey, you know, there's no shortage of, of of good restaurants in Cambridge. Um, you know, my uh my diet tends to lean more towards like burgers and meat and I'm not stuff. I'm not I'm not sort of the 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 stereotypical sort of vegan Cambridge mm-hmm. guy. Um, I'm not a big vegetable eater. Um, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> it? I'm tight. trying. I know I'm getting old now. I got to take better care of myself. Um, you should try Frank's, Frank's Steakhouse Oh Frank's you know. is beautiful That's yeah. why I
0: watched the Red Sox win the World Series Oh is it? Yeah The first one? The most recent Most recent Yeah Actually no Frank's is where we had Thanksgiving That one time Yeah oh, wow. The S&S yeah. Like literally the retirement home kind of There was like mad old people <laughs> It was It was crazy yeah. Um, I had that You guys have any questions? Any questions for the show? So this is currently the largest podcast in Boston.
1: Congratulations. Thanks, man. It's pretty I'm easy. proud of you.
0: I hope my dad's proud
1: of him. He is proud of you.
0: <laughs> he is proud of you. Um, well, I don't Dad, wanna... be proud of him. You should talk with Dave. That'd be great. G- getting with the unions, man.
1: I'm, I am very much in with the unions. I, I think unions have been the backbone of the middle class of this country. I think they're under attack nationally. Um, who who reps, you?
0: A, I- B- rep- reps
1: you? Uh, IBW I- reps you. IBW. I've been invo- endorsed by I- B- I- B- e- w, uh carpenters, painters, bricklayers, uh, SEIU. Um, what local eight eight eight? Eight eight eight, as well as thirty two BJ, um, uh, unite here, local twenty six. You know, and and what I what I do is. Um,
0: you gotta look for that nage backing, man.
1: You know, it. it there's a lot. I, I don't just file a policy order saying that, you know, we should support unions or this. I mean, I, I, I march. You know, I go to rally. I get, I get down. You know, right down in it. Um, because I, I saw think it's you're, important. You were at the MIT rally for custodians, or I was security at the MIT rally for custodians. I marched there. Um, I was really when there was a, a when. Um, uh, a union was trying to be formed at the DoubleTree Hotel, which is owned by Harvard. Um, it's a like Hilton now, right? Isn't it Hilton? I probably. Yeah, I think it's a Hilton manages it. Yeah, but Harvard owns it. And they were they were trying to form a union that housekeepers and 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 um, other the other workers in the building, and they were uh, being denied the right to take a vote. I marched those <laughs> picket lines with them. Um, I went in and 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 went in and met with the president of Harvard and others. We ended up. Uh, being successful they were able to take a vote they formed a union they have now better mm-hmm. wages and better health care so um, I'm, a, I'm a my you know my great grandfather um, came here from Italy when he was about 17 years old and he you know I often say that he he probably wouldn't be allowed in this country under the current administration he had no marketable skills he had no formal education he was a, you know grew up on a farm you know Um, But he came here, um, did everything from digging graves to working in grocery stores, was able to build up some equity, was able to buy into some property in the North End. When the flu epidemic uh, broke out in the North End and people, babies were dying, he moved to Cambridge and bought the house that we now live in uh, for 100 years. But he wasn't able to actually make that move until he became a union iron worker. yeah. And so every day that I go home, my kids, his great-great-grandchildren, fifth generation, get to live in a house that we could not afford to live in, either by rent or to buy, today because of my great-grandfather and because he was a union worker. So I am in- indebted uh, to unions. And they. it's not just how they benefit the person who's in the union today, but it's about their kids, their grandkids, their great grandkids, and their great great grandchildren. And, and unions are incredibly important. So, your dad and I—your uh, dad and I probably know each. Other. You haven't shared his name with me yet, but we—we we probably. My have father's name past. is David Hallway. Oh, then I—I I believe we have cross paths. Great, yes. I hope
0: you guys are buddies. Yeah. So, also, shout out to Charlie Facey. He's gonna lose it when I say that. You know Charlie Facey?
1: I don't know, if I know Charlie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he said you
1: guys grew up together, Charles Facey.
0: Dude he's so full
1: I'm not the best with names So no no, no It's 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 possibly true I gotta see a picture You gotta show me a picture of it. Uh, He grew up in Cambridge Far in better with faces Than I am With, with, with putting yeah. names to it so. Yeah
0: no worries um,
1: Also I have I know one... Charles very well Yeah Yeah we We have Thanksgiving together You guys and... are besties
0: <laughs> That's wild Charlie I'll see you soon brother That's
1: one of those Political spins yeah. That you we were talking about Oh I'm the about, master right? at. I've
0: been doing it up here forever <laughs> Uh, the the last thing I want to make sure I note on what Copil brought up was Envision Cambridge. Yes. From my knowledge, it's a community organization that someone, some elected official started up saying, hey, Cambridge is changing so much. Let's get representatives from each section racially, economically, ethnically from all over the
1: city and we'll, we'll be like so, a coalition. Well, s- sort of. So- Cambridge has, um, Cambridge had a lot of plans, quote unquote, plans for different neighborhoods. There was an Owl Wife plan, there was a Kendall plan, there's a Central Square plan. That, but those plans weren't always tied together. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, if a building was being built in Kendall Square, they would do a traffic study on the impact of this building on traffic in Kendall Square. But they didn't look at Central Square, which is right next door to it, right? And Mass Ave and Main Street go right through both Central and and Kendall. Um, And so there wasn't a a citywide master plan, it's called. And so (coughs) five years ago, we passed. We made a request of the city manager to hire a consultant to come in and just do a a citywide planning process and really look at a number of issues across the city how they interrelate with each other. You know, what's the vision of the whole city, not just this part of the city. So they went out, there were bids that were put out. Um, Uteel is the name of the company that got the contract and they have engaged in a three-year process um, that has spoken to, I think there were well over 3000 Cambridge residents. Um, they've had, you know, hundreds of community meetings um, they broke up into different areas to say, okay, you, so you're going to look at environmental impacts. You're going to look at housing. You're going to look at the urban form. You're going to look at transportation, et cetera. And there were, there were community groups that were created to sort of look at those issues and to make recommendations. So that process has concluded, and we now so have how, a re- – How do you pick something accurately, so, so So now we have a report that has over 140 different recommendations in it, and now we have to kind of sift through those – and decide, you know, they they're sort of broken up into short-term, middle, long-term goals. So now we have to sort of sort through those and say, okay, you know, is this a recommendation that we like and we can just go ahead with it? Is this one we kind of like but we need to tweak it? Is this one that we think is just totally crazy and we're not going to do it at all? So now we're going to start – that's going to be a multi-year process because it's a lot of recommendations. You have to have a lot of meetings on each one of them. You have to get community input on each one of them. So it's, you know, we're not – we're. We have finished one phase, and that UTL has finished their report. But there's a whole other phase that's coming that's going to take a while to go through as well. So,
0: answer, yeah. Shout out to Re- Rebecca Richardson. She lives kind of near central too. Um, other than that, man, you answered all my questions. Well,
1: thanks for having me. Um, wait, wait, that's not how we come end the back show. anytime. Oh
0: God, you didn't tell me this. I don't know. So to get I'm your nervous. to get your name on this table, okay. You have to say, hi, I'm, your name, I'd give yourself the, de- the designation of mayor, Okay. and this is my golden hour, directly after no break, you say, hi, your name, mayor, blank, and that was my golden hour, because in the post-production process, that first statement's going to go at the front of the video, the second statement so, is going to conclude the video.
1: Hi, I'm Mayor Mark McGovern from Cambridge, and this is my golden hour. And then, hi, I'm Mayor Martin McGovern from Cambridge. This was my golden hour. I can't tell you, man. told you I was only going to tell you once. No, we'll you, didn't tell me, you didn't tell me you were only going to tell me once. That's <laughs> <Well>, given. <laughs> I got to do that right into the right camera. There. Tell, tell him the mayor was here, man. Hey, everybody. I'm Mayor Mark McGovern from Cambridge, and this was my golden hour. You got my vote, Mayor. Thank you very much. You got to move back to Cambridge. And hi, I'm Mayor Mark McGovern, and uh, this is my golden hour, and I thank you so much for oh, bringing Mayor. me here. Mayor,
0: you blew it. I blew it?
1: That was. That was. You said this is twice, man. I said this is twice. All right, well, that's what you got editors for. Right. Hi, I'm Mayor Mark McGovern, and this was my golden hour. Hi, I'm Mayor Mark McGovern, and this is my golden hour. Luis, give you. me a rundown here. This is, and that was. That was. Well, I s- One more time,
0: Mayor. It's all right. right. It, to be honest, everyone messes it up. It's hilarious.
1: Hi, I'm Mayor Mark McGovern from Cambridge, and this was my golden hour? No, this is, is. and then well, that well, was. Well, can't, What does it matter which way I do it? <laughs> You said this was. It yeah. is this is and that was. And that was. This and that. Okay. <laughs> hi, I'm Mayor Mark McGovern from Cambridge and this is my golden hour. And hi, I'm Mayor Mark McGovern from Cambridge and that was my golden hour. It, reelect the mayor. There you go.